0: we are live joe kick us off yo everybody we
1: are live tonight the four guys round table so we talk about star
2: wars mandalorian
1: season two i'm gonna lose my voice tonight can you tell no we're (laughs) (laughs) gonna have a good show tonight we'll talk some star wars mandalorian um you know it's me aj coach jeremy and darth pat as always is doing something on the dark side and his <laughs> lazy ass has not showed up yet, but he will be here shortly. Bad or he
2: will be. Bad I'll have
1: a lightsaber will. that show straight up his candy <laughs> ass. Yes. Yes, indeed. How is everyone doing this evening? No one's oh, going right. to answer me. Jeez. Uh, say, how's everyone doing this evening? I said I'm, thumbs up.
2: Up. I'm doing great. I was Welcome trying to get up. up. I want to hear voices. <laughs> Nobody care. I was trying to get our <laughs> chat up so I could see that. So I just wanna uh, pop out the chat here. That way if we have anybody join us on our live, I can see the chat and know and we can engage with our followers. But so yes, we're uh, used
1: to this little arm thingamabobber I got
2: here. Arm, phony. An you know. arm thingamabobber? is that a yeah. we'll, technical term for it? An arm thingamabobber? bobber.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I just name shit up. That's what I do. So arm as, thingamabobber, thingamajigs, jigs, you know, shit like yes. that.
2: So, as Theo said, we are talking The Mandalorian Season 1, Season 2. Uh, it's going to be freaking awesome. As we can tell, AJ's got his uh, the child, or better known oh, as Grogu. Mm-hmm. And I've got my uh, Mandalorian AT-ST Walker that I built out of Legos.
1: And can you tell that like this is just a bunch of nerd shit with lightsabers, <laughs> Grogu, and... oh look darth pat has decided to join us
0: dude i was thinking
1: should i I, let him in this chat right now i'm wondering
0: (laughs) i
2: was waiting for you to come off with a lightsaber and you know the set comes with cara dune and of course the mandalorian (laughs) ah sweet but the weird thing is, is because when this thing came out, the Mandalorian hadn't seen his face, so he has no face. He's just a black head, which is kind of funny.
3: <laughs> Thanks for joining
4: us, Pat. Blackheads. Hey. Blackheads. Those are disgusting.
2: <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> Don't make my ATST shoot you. Pew, pew, pew,
1: pew, 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 pew. <laughs> We're all going to do the pew 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 stuff. <laughs> it's this be sweet.
3: Pat, yeah, so are you the only person <laughs> that doesn't have a prop?
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's the perfect prop. That is uh, his Uh, way of saying. I
4: get, get I I uh, I...
3: the biggest Star Wars nerd of all of us, and he doesn't have a prop.
4: I suppose I could always grab my dad's uh, baby Yoda doll, but you know,
2: I was just—I was wondering what he was going to say. I guess I can grab my. I was like, uh oh.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, he could grab his his lightsaber. lightsaber. (laughs) Talked about that.
2: That's oh my good. It could have been Iker. I'm gonna grab my lightsaber. <laughs> uh, well, we that, works. that works. That works. That's better. I'll accept that. Yeah, <laughs> at least it's Star Wars. That works. So yeah, we're talking Mandalorian season one, season two. Um, but before of course, before we get into the meat and, and potatoes of our podcast, we always got to start off with some stories. Who's got a good story from this week? Did anything happen to
3: anybody this week? from the
2: last
4: year yeah. snow.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Some of you got lots of snow.
1: Wow. Yes. What's that? I, I'm not really <laughs> sure
2: what snow is these days. Yeah. Mm. I hate you right now, Joe.
4: <laughs> um, we got excessive amounts of snow and okay. Yeah. Uh, let me take it from here. So the guy that we had, our, our snow blower has been unreliable for a while. Uh, and it's basically not working right, really at all right now. You, you you know you start trying to put it through just like the tiniest bit of snow, and it clogs instantly. So my parents are arguing about whether or not to have it fixed because of the you know high pop up problem all right can we can we start over i mean can we can we just start over?
0: <laughs> no it's live no. oh we're live we're there is no starting that, over
3: <laughs> Sid, sit vicious it's live
0: We can't <laughs> start <laughs> <all> over. <laughs> Fuck yeah. i we'll be... <laughs> <laughs> mean we'll do it live i'm we'll do it live fucking
4: thing sucks
1: <laughs> maybe it was clawed i mean you need some you know anyway. or something i don't know
4: <laughs> anyway now that i got the bill o'reilly reference out of the way um, so I mean, anyway, my parents are uh, yeah, debating whether or not to bother uh, fixing it because you know, hopefully, they'll be selling the house sometime in the next year or so. Anywho, so we had a guy plow us out the last few years for whatever reason, he decided not to return my dad's phone call this year. And my dad and I have a theory about that, but it gets into a subject which we do not touch upon on this show, so we shall just do- uh, okay, we, we okay. shall it do- upon. So anyway, we, we, got a, we got a new plow guy. My sister helped us get us in touch with the new plow guy. So he came uh, on Monday while it was still snowing uh, because, you know, it pretty much snowed really nonstop for over 48 hours, you know. But anyway, so he, he came because I guess with how much it was going to do, he was trying to probably do everybody like two or three times or whatever. So he came Monday afternoon and I'm like at our kitchen table working, you know, remotely and everything. And all of a sudden, I hear this crash and I go, Dad, did our garage door just get broken? And yes, yes, it did. <laughs> there was a patch of ice in the very front of uh, our driveway, right in front of our garage doors, which by this point, of course, was covered in snow. that had been left over from when we got like a little bit of an ice storm, you know, the week before. So he didn't know it was there. He couldn't see anything. So he skidded on it and crashed into my garage door.
1: I thought you were going to say it was a harpooned ice through the snow blower right into your garage door. That would have been cooler. But go ahead. I
4: like the story no, anyway. He, uh, he, uh, he definitely went right through it. So, so the door's damaged. It won't open. It's got to right. be replaced and everything. So that was that. He comes back on Tuesday afternoon, and he started to plow up at the top of our driveway, but he didn't get very far because of how thick it still was. Um, but he said, "You know, he'd be back later. He'd be back with somebody to help him and all this." Because he, cause he came to our door, of course, after he hit the garage door, and he, you know, he felt really bad about it, obviously, and everything. So.
0: Hmm.
4: Uh, so you know, he applied what he could I guess and then he backed up and he left and then you know, he actually didn't come back till about 10 o'clock at night but he did bring somebody else with a snowblower of their own and they did do the whole driveway and everything but when he backed out of our driveway uh oh this doesn't sound like it's going to be What good.
1: the hell did he do what did this guy do to your house like just
4: well this what time did it, he wasn't our, it wasn't our house because about an hour after he left our neighbor from across the road called And asked to talk to my dad. And apparently when he backed out, he took out their mailbox. (laughs) And as I found out, and as I found out when we went to go take the garbage up later that night, because our garbage pickup, which is normally, you know, on Monday was delayed (laughs) by two days because of the snow. Um, He also basically took out our mailbox. And my dad, I guess, has since investigated a little bit further and has said that the whole, like, kind of like, like piece this of wood guy. and sand and everything that, like, basically holds our mailbox and both neighbors across the street's mailbox. Basically, the whole thing's got to be replaced. Oh, boy.
2: Well, that's why businesses have liability insurance. Um,
4: <laughs> yeah. So,
2: <laughs> I can't it, drive. It,
4: it, it was an interesting couple of days there and then this is unrelated, but it's just kind of funny, I guess, you know, so, uh, and then we had a bit of a time getting my car out of the garage, you know, K-turning it out and shit on, on Wednesday, so I I was working remotely for three days, went back to the office last two days, but at, at work, our work server was running very slowly yesterday, so we tried to restart it a couple of times uh, to get it, you know, to cooperate, and still wasn't really doing so, so I had a, spending a Fair amount of time at work yesterday. Unfortunately, just sitting there looking at my computer screen, contemplating doing work, but couldn't actually do anything.
2: Contemplating. <laughs> I like that.
4: So, so Thought about doing I, it.
2: Yeah, basically.
4: So, Darth Pat's boss,
1: if you're out there and you listen to this, he's no, contemplating no, no, doing sorry.
4: work. Darth Pad's <laughs> boss was uh, well aware of this. So, it's not like he could do It's not like he could really do any work either. But here's the thing. I actually was doing work. I was doing some stuff that I could do without having to be on our server, but it was not optimal. But anyway, I went into the office for a little while this morning, and not only was our server still not working, but in the office, our internet wasn't even working. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So I did a little bit more work to finish where I was yesterday. Then I was like, all right, I really can't do anything here now without the internet at this point, so I might as well go home, which is what I did. And getting email updates throughout the day that, Um, Our server is still being worked on, our IT people actually had to come into the office to work on it, then there was something about we're going to be temporarily moving to a cloud server for the time being, then an hour after we got that email we got another email saying no that's not actually going to happen either, (laughs) and that they have to rebuild the entire fucking server. Nice. And it's like, where are, they
0: doing, where are
4: they doing this tomorrow when it's supposed to snow another three to five inches, for Christ's sake? Yep. Oh,
0: yeah. you guys guys get more snow gonna, then, aren't
4: you? It's like, so I brought my computer home with me just in case, again, I can't get out of my driveway on Monday morning. Yep. And now it's like, even if I can't get out of my driveway and get to the office, am I going to have to? Am I gonna have uh, stupid computer screens? Am I gonna have am I gonna have the ability to work? <laughs> so it's been a weird week.
3: You know, Plus had... Somebody somebody had a birthday this week too. I wonder yep. which yes.
4: I turned birthday. 39 again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just full of shit. 39 my ass. Well,
4: oh, to you. anybody who's a classic Hollywood fan out there and knows Jack Benny, the old Jack Benny joke was that he was always 39, so <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, you're forty. Thir- when I turned when I turned thirty nine last year, I said, "Well, I'm going to run. I, was, I think I'll just run with that." So, uh-oh,
2: there was a Those guy I worked with. Long. There was a guy I worked with. Now he was a little different than Darth Pat because he was uh, gay. So, and he was on the feminine side. So he always used to say he was turning 30 again, even though he was like my age. So, I mean, is, I'm
4: in, I'm in touch with my feminine side, but well, I, we know today, that back, we so.
3: that's enough, Pat. We don't need to hear <laughs> any more. We
2: don't want to Yeah. We don't want to know how much in touch you're in. We know what, we know you're in touch though.
3: We don't need to scare anybody away. Pat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I have I, a feeling he I, listens to that song. I touch myself quite often.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: um what was that I old song sexy. where it was i'm too sexy for my shirt What was the person who sang right
0: said fred. Right, yes. said fred right said fred but he was gay I sexy he for
2: my... pat i have I'm no, no idea kid, on right your said playlist, of course it? you Come know on now.
4: <laughs> you wouldn't know
1: it's on no, this I playlist just, i know it is
4: i just remember reading something like that but anyway what i was trying to say was um uh, I uh, this show always goes sideways. I I, th- I thought it, I thought it was my job to scare away people. Well,
1: maybe technically <laughs> speaking, yes. Technically speaking. To a point.
2: <laughs> Just remember your splits. You got to remember yeah. to bring your gorilla Mcbishoff, okay? We get we need I mean, that gorilla Mcbishoffness.
4: Every I episode. The, I was under the impression that I was still scaring my 4-year-old niece until uh until they called me on my birthday because um you know, my sister trying to corral four children in between ages two and nine for a Zoom call is is uh, is bad enough. Um, Long <laughs> time. Yeah, well, that's easier said than done. Trust me, those kids are slippery. Um, but apparently, uh, after we ended the call, she was so upset that she didn't show me this like craft thing that they had worked on during the day that she made my sister call call me back. Just so she could show it to me, so I guess I don't scare her anymore, so and that's what they do i'll have to I'll have to figure out i I'll have to figure out a new way to to scare her you know
1: why would you want to do that to her
4: well, yeah. a joke
1: why why would you do that to a poor little niece of yours
2: he He wants to be like my uncle, see, I have an uncle Dean, and he was always the guy that had to scare all the kids, like he had to be the big, scary guy, even though he's a giant teddy bear. Um, he always tried to be the scary guy it wasn't until you got old enough to realize that he was just a big teddy bear Um, but yeah he he was that guy i tried to do that for a little while i didn't really like it because i do have a niece that uh, until like recently like wouldn't give me hugs (laughs) i was kind of kind of distraught about that i was like all I want is a hug. Like, I'm I'm not going to bother you. Like, just give me a hug. That's all
3: just give me a hug. God damn it. Just hug me. I don't know. I don't know if that would bother me since I love kids so much. I don't know if that would bother me. If oh, they
2: oh, You love your nephews. Don't give me that shit. Like, I know you love your nephews. They might drive you a little crazy, yeah, but you love them.
3: There's about 10 kids that I, I in my whole life, that are fine. The rest right. of them.
4: Ten kids. Right. I mean, (laughs) I also kind of remember the first time that I, the first time that I met uh, Jeremy's daughter, uh, when I went over to to his house, I remember she was at the door. She kind of looked up at me. She got all kind of like wide eyed and she was just like,
3: well, we we tried to explain to her that you were the big show.
4: So, (laughs) yeah, she was all like, who are you?
2: Well, you know, it's it's something just to give everybody uh, that's listening and watching uh, a little uh, clarification here. You got to remember, I'm five eight. You know, Ish. and uh, okay, my sh- shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm five eight, and my daughter's used to seeing normal sized human beings.
4: Yeah, and then Jeremy's, you have the Jeremy's five eight, five six in shoes.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And then you have the Big Show or Darth Pat come over. We sometimes call him the Big Show. Uh, if you haven't seen the Big Show, wrestle, just take a picture. You, you can see it. Go look for a picture. It's close enough. Probably give it the idea. Um, so Darth Pat walks in. You know, knocks on the door, opens up the door, and here's this six four, two hundred and some big dude. Wow, that's um, being very generous. Well, I don't know how much you actually. 200 pounds time, of so. sexiness just standing at the door. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes really from good. seeing a normal sized guy to a giant. Yeah, that's kind of disturbing and, Pat, and scary. Really,
3: when it really comes down to it, Pat
4: is a big teddy bear, too. So Yeah,
2: he is. He isn't scary. Worse shit. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, I'm afraid of my own shadow. Like if I was out there, I'm in of tawny on Tuesday, I would have definitely been saying, Oh to God, here's my shadow, six more weeks. That's why I,
3: that's why like when I when I moved there, Pat was one of my first friends and I'm like, yeah, if I ever get in a fight in a bar, I need more friends besides Pat. So. <laughs> don't hit me oh, this would be bad if a fa- fight fought broke out oh. ah. so then I, I stumbled across joe and eventually you jeremy and then i felt much better in fact yeah but fat, uh, you know I I, I
4: I don't know if that's how i'd act if an actual fight broke out i really don't have much of i know deal. man i'm
3: just messing with you i'm the cheap shotter. i would be hitting people in the nuts
4: um, you know sometimes you you just got to do what works you know i'd
3: be the one trying to ddt somebody in a fight
2: and see here's my thing like uh, you're going for the rko you know (laughs) as as much as i would love to say i'd be great in a fight honestly i've only gotten into fights when i was kids me too when i was kid and that was with a bully that we had in our neighborhood and, and and I never fought back until one I, time and then that was over. But I would,
0: like,
2: I would, I would like, hold my own, but I, I'm sure I would get my ass whooped if somebody was in a bar fight with me. I'm sure yeah, but
3: you're, you're very, you're very seemingly strong, Jeremy. You don't look nearly as strong as you actually are. So people might misjudge you on that one. So um, I would be the one in the fight, <laughs> all four of us would be fighting, and I would stun somebody and stop and be like, stun her. Stun
2: her! <laughs> So I'd be yelling it out like a, like a goddamn announcer
1: and that would be the time that everyone would be fighting and would stop and like oh shit he actually gave him the stunner and, well, and then, the fight would probably be over at that point because we were laughing at that somebody gave him somebody have, a stunner
3: then we would get back to channel off finally he'd be like stunner
2: Oh my god <laughs> that would be funny like all of a sudden it broke into a fight and D- darth pack goes god. into his announcing mode and starts calling out moves as they happen <laughs>
4: Well, i mean i i would have always suspected well i mean we're talking about what moves we'd be doing here and everything i mean you're talking about giving stunners i mean with you i would assume we would just be rko's out of nowhere
2: <laughs> i could go for an rko out of nowhere <laughs>
4: oh my god so before like- we you did you we, think you like, could you go for an RKO out of nowhere? Yes, you did. Uh, if only somebody <laughs> was actually there behind I know, it would right be here. awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah, too bad I'm not there because I would totally do it. Uh, <laughs> no, you would. <laughs> so before we jump into it, just because we just did the live podcast, and because a couple months ago on a podcast, I was like saying how much Dave Meltzer is always right, and now he's dropped his ratings for the Royal Rumble, and I'm scratching my head again. <laughs> <laughs> somehow um, yes Goldberg I want to hear had, this somehow Goldberg and McIntyre got a 2 not a dud not a negative he gave them a 2
2: it must have had to do with significance of the match or something like that that's the only thing I can think of and he, he,
1: he didn't want to give McIntyre a bad match because he was in the in the ring with Goldberg
3: and guys <laughs> we watched that show yes okay? we did the did? the men's royal rumble was not the best match on that card. And he gave them the best rating of all the matches. He gave it 4 and a quarter. No, uh, I
2: Yeah, I definitely yeah, would say hey. the men's royal rumble was wait, wait,
3: wait, 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 wait.
2: A 4 and a quarter.
3: 4 and a quarter? Yes. yes. And he he gave Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens a 4. So, I would have still given that a higher score even with the botch
0: finish. You know uh, why?
4: I mean, I I because that finish was, was so horrible. I, and all right. Drifting back to Cornette here, I, he, he, cause he did a review of the whole show and he was pretty, he was pretty negative about most of it. And some of his things I was really just like, well, now, I, I, even I was really at the point where I was just kind of, well, now he's really just looking for shit. But there was, there was a couple of things that he said, which I thought did have merit in their criticism. Mm-hmm. One of which was um, what match did not spend a significant amount of time outside the ring? I mean. Sasha Carmella. Sasha Carmella. Yeah. But every other match did, including. the well, and the, matches, the women's and match
3: and the pre-show didn't either.
4: Yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, well, let's not count that for right now. Just, okay. But it's like you don't need to constantly go outside of the ring, even in a last man standing match. And I don't know if this is just like a byproduct of the whole no crowd and every other damn thing, but it it, it does become a little on the repetitive side. And it's like Roman and Owens should be able to put on a good match, even with that stipulation without having to leave the ring to do it. I like that match other than the finish but, again, it's like I still think they could have found a different way to do it, too. I, I, just I, think, I, not, I, I think they're falling into certain, not necessarily spots, but premises, I guess, kind of I, over and over again. And I, t- I, I think they need to work on that.
3: I saw a meme. I told Joe I saw a meme, and it was Paul and Roman with the handcuffs, and Kevin Owens was having a picnic with the referee. That's the meme I saw <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anytime like, now, boys. We're day. just gonna have a picnic. Like,
3: Enjoy <laughs> your lunch. We have all day. <laughs> and this the other significant thing I saw about this Royal Rumble that disturbed me: the average age in this Royal Rumble. This was the oldest Royal Rumble by far. The average. There was two people under the age of thirty in this Royal Rumble.
4: Wow, you're talking the you're talking to the men's Royal Rumble match. Yes. Yeah. Most wow. of the guys were forty or over. Wow, wow. that's that's nuts. Yeah, because that's – I mean, obviously, you know, you got some older guys like Edge. like Yeah. Kane Kane coming back doesn't really – Under the age
3: of – I think under the age of 33, maybe five people were under the age of 33 even.
4: That's crazy. Well, well, that's interesting, (laughs) though, because, yeah, that means that there's a lot of guys who really haven't been on TV uh, for a significant amount of time. Who are older than you think they are yeah.
3: damian priest is 38 i did not know that i thought he was like 31 or 32
4: okay Damn. yeah he does not look 38 yes. i would have been shocked if well i'm kind of <laughs> shocked that you, that you say that by um, the way
3: jeremy speaking of Jamie and priest real quick that was my my other friends that were listening on that i was like jeremy made me very happy that night when he's like i don't like this guy already i'm like he sounded like me <laughs> He channeled his vintage A.J. Nitro there. so.
4: <laughs> I just... Uh, <laughs> huh. I mean, I don't know if age necessarily matters as much as whether or not they can still go because A.J. Styles is how old? He's 43.
2: 40. Yeah, he's, yep. yeah, he's up there a little he, he, he bit. Can, he, he can still go. He's my go.
4: age. He, he certainly really...
3: can still go. He's the A.J. He's the Shawn Michaels now.
4: Yeah, the he's the, the exception to the rule well well. sometimes well he just doesn't really yeah. show signs of like noticeably slowing down neither neither does Randy Orton for that matter um, and this is
2: not a plug but that's because of DDP yoga <laughs> <laughs> no no no. it's
4: DDPY
3: or orton also did nothing in the match so he did nothing he that's disappeared true. and did nothing
4: i mean that's true but i'm just speaking generally there i mean mm-hmm. it's like um so i don't know if like the age thing necessarily matters you know like indiana jones once said it ain't the a it ain't the years, it's the mileage. You know, so it's depends upon how healthy are they are and how long they can go. But I guess in a lot of ways that does show that they don't really get these guys at young ages anymore. I mean, think of how young guys like the Hardy Boys or Shawn Michaels or randy orton and john cena were when they uh, when when they like really first became stars on everything so that's because
2: guys are making a living in the independent scene where most people didn't weren't able to do that they had to go to there was it was wwe or tna and the indie scenes didn't pay enough for people to really make a living so they had to come early and try and get a spot where now the indie scenes depending on where you go you can Make a good living on the indie scene, which is crazy, but the money's there now. Where it wasn't was always there, a lot it of wasn't them, always there on the big promotions either. Own, at a times. lot of them
3: do their own merchandise now, though, and stuff. Yep. So, yep,
2: and that's you can make a ton that's of money on marketing. merchandise. Yep, so
4: well, well, there's all that third party stuff out there, too, like the cameo and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like the stuff that WWE, of course, is trying to crack down their own talent on, but uh, I mean, yeah, like the money was out there on the independent scene. I don't know that it's going to be again.
0: I mean yeah, that's gonna be, gonna that's, be
4: that's gonna be something that uh, you know long term effects of the pandemic are gonna be kind of interesting to to keep an eye on on. And I mean if WWE doesn't really go back to like a full touring schedule uh, if they don't go back to doing you know, you know like you know your regularized right. house, house show, it'll be interesting to see if Indies do because the question will be then, like, is there going to be a demand for it? That'll be something – that's something we don't really know the answer to now. That's something that we won't mm-hmm. know the answer to for probably at least six months, if not longer. Um, but it will be very interesting to monitor. So,
3: Joe, I'm assuming you've seen this guy. Jeremy or Pat, have you seen the, the, the next Brock Lesnar guy, this jacked-up football player guy? Have you seen this guy yet or not?
4: What's his uh, name? If you say his name, I, it might ring Peter Peter Boudreau. Or Boudreau, mm-hmm. yeah, Boudreau. Uh, I've Boudreaux. heard, I've heard, I've heard the name. I haven't seen. You no, know, if
3: I send this, if I send this picture, can you like screen share it? If I send this picture to everybody,
2: oh, uh, just to say, you said what's his name, Peter? What? But Jeremy Peter, just do it on
1: his thing. It's easier. He just pull it pulled up and screen share. It's Parker.
3: Share it. It's Parker Boudreau. He's jacked as fuck. He played football at Central Florida, and he's mm-hmm. at the WWE Performance Center right now.
2: The question is, how do you spell his last name?
3: b-o-r-b-o-u-d-r-e-a-u-x
4: bordrow
3: there's a picture of him with eva marie that's been circulating so
4: they must be dating then, i guess right he looks like a more jack
3: brock lesnar
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah he definitely me, is yeah let
2: me find a good pick here this guy like here i mean obviously
3: brock Brock had the, the ba- amateur background. This guy's a football player. But if they can turn this guy into Still a machine. Saying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just try not if to I imitate a, too much.
3: If I see a video of this guy doing a shooting star, I'm going to be like, holy shit.
1: <laughs> I don't think they'll be having him do shooting stars anymore.
3: <clears throat> I just. Yeah, probably just, not. Like, we were like, so on the other podcast. I do. We were we were talking about Brock Lesnar and we were arguing about him because like Eli thinks he's garbage, and I tried to explain. Like Zach and Jay never saw him like back in 2002, 2003. So I was trying to put it in perspective for them. I'm like Zach, just pretend you've never see, really seen this guy before, and then this video pops up of him doing a shooting star, and you love wrestling. You're gonna be like, holy shit, that is really cool. Maybe I'm gonna invest in this guy, which is exactly what happened with me and Joe. I'm sure. So nice. I, just, yep. I just, I just because they didn't watch him back then. Yeah, there he is.
2: So, so here's this: dude. we got Brock Lesnar, and we well, got Boudreaux next to him. So yeah, that's uh, that's quite quite impressive. That's kind of crazy.
3: If they can teach this guy to wrestle and stuff, then there could be something special coming again.
2: Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll have to wait and see on that one. You just never know. It's a work in progress.
3: Because obviously uh, Brock, the last five or six years, Brock then isn't the same thing as Brock in two thousand two, two thousand four. That was a completely nah. different Brock Lesnar back then, who
2: yeah.
3: you know burst on the scene and was doing everything amazing. You know, so it's just we can go to the our main topic. I just I didn't know if you guys had seen that guy before. I knew Joe had, and he's definitely pretty jacked. <laughs> Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, we're thirty minutes into deep of talking about some random ass shit. Off topic, <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and this Sorry, is the guys, way, huh? this is what we do a lot. On this the is show. what we do. This this shit happens.
3: <laughs> this is the way. one podcast called "I've Got Nothing." <laughs>
2: yes. Well, and and this here's the, the good thing is once we get on topic, you can't get us off of the topic. So Facts. especially Darth Pat, he likes to really tell a good story. <laughs>
1: So get your popcorn and your pillows out, because you're going to need both.
2: <laughs> Don't be trying to put your dark force powers on me there, Darth Bat. All right. So, yes, let's get into the meat and potatoes of our podcast, which is the Mandalorian season one season two recap we had actually done a podcast on this we had recorded season one what it was what we were talked about we and were about three
3: episodes into season two when we recorded the first at the first time
2: and me being the dumbass that i am <laughs> it got
3: deleted so we, <laughs> we decided we, we can vouch for happens. that
2: yes Jesus. <laughs> so <laughs> we decided what the hey let's do a live episode 25 because guess what folks it is officially episode twenty-five of our show, which is pretty damn impressive. Because when we started doing this, I was a little concerned we might not get past ten episodes, but we did. And hey, it's episode twenty-five. Halfway Mandalorian recap. Hey, I plan on doing something special when we get to one hundred. We're gonna have we're gonna get to one hundred episodes, and, and and hopefully way beyond that.
3: But we're gonna sneak into Pat's bedroom and put fifteen posters on his ceiling.
2: That will not be happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to know what else is in Pat's room. No boy, bueno. <laughs>
4: Well, I'm really hoping that by the time we get to episode 100, I have different living quarters.
3: Okay, well then we can sneak into your apartment or house and, and do more, <laughs> do worse things potentially. Yes. No, I'm going
4: to have an attack bomb.
2: Well, maybe episode one hundred will have to be where we're all actually in the same room at the same time and do a live episode from you know uh
0: my house new or Darth Pat's from apartment, Pat's whatever place.
2: yeah the beach. So, so um, see.
4: yeah, so you know, like if we like go off the air for like five months because <laughs> it takes that long for all of us to get in the same location again. <laughs> well, you know, that'll just have to be the way. Yes.
2: All right, so I'm gonna put. Go yes, the, it'll have to be the way. Oh <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and, and for anybody who's never watched *The Mandalorian*, you have to watch it to understand that little line.
3: Well, there's also a wrestling fashion called the way now too. So
2: yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, but anyways, all right. So
0: now I'm gonna throw. I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna throw a question out there, and I want. To, I just need a one-word reply. Mandalorian, first thought, first word that comes to your mind. Joe. Why you got to pick me first? Because <laughs> I saw you playing <laughs> with your beard. I was like, I know he's thinking I'm going to pick. I'm going to get him. Damn. <laughs> um, like being in school and you're like,
3: please don't call on me. Like, uh,
1: I know. Me. <laughs> I did my best not to get called first. Uh, it didn't always happened. <laughs> please don't make um, me call the
3: chalkboard, damn it.
1: <laughs> well, I it was epic for me. Uh, it was epic. it was just it was it was new. It was definitely some written totally different film totally different um, than the actual movies. To me, it was like uh, a live action version of kind of way, the way Rebels and Star Wars Clones was written for the the animated series. Okay. I felt like the way that the tone and stuff in the animated series was brought to life in the Mandalorian itself. And that was that's was really awesome to me. Plus, you know, seeing the little green guy at the end of mm-hmm. the first episode one was like,
2: What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Darth Pat, one word
4: Unexpected.
2: Okay, unexpected and Go ahead.
4: Yeah, what I, what I really mean by that is a few things. Now I remember right before like episode one, season one dropped i saw a couple like Blurb. what i said blurbs
3: about something that special was gonna happen
4: right it said like that there was gonna be like an absolute game changing event universe like star wars universe changing event now what happened in the first five minutes of the show <laughs> like the last five minutes yeah and it was like first five minutes of the show went by i'm like well, that was a pretty cool opening introduction scene. Reminded me of some, like, Clint Eastwood, you know, Western movies and everything. I don't think there was anything universe-changing in, the, in this. Uh, then, of course, you get to the end of the episode, and then, yeah, there's the little green guy. AJ. The little, little green guy.
2: The little green guy.
4: There Who is he has?
2: That was
1: your cue.
4: Yeah. yeah. AJ. <laughs> One more. Uh, so, uh, so, so, yeah, and just... Um, I didn't really know what to expect out of a. Star He's not
3: Wars. done yet, Jeremy. I see
4: that. <laughs> I didn't know what to ex- I didn't really know what they would do or how they would go with a Star Wars television series. So it was, uh, it was definitely different. So, mm-hmm. a good one, a good one. Absolutely. All right, AJ. One word.
3: Invested. I was very invested out of the gate, like in- invested and engrossed in that series. I w- I couldn't wait for the episode every week, so I was completely invested in it.
2: So my my word is more of a sound effect with some visuals. Mine was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your mind was blown. My mind
2: was blown with just. And, and, and anybody that's watched it like we have, we watched every episode as they came out. Uh, sometimes I missed a week and had to watch two episodes a week. But it it was it. If you're a Star Wars fan like an honest Star Wars fan that just loves Star Wars, doesn't fucking nitpick at the shit and, you know, is so criti- uh, critical about everything that they do, just really love Star Wars, there's no way you don't enjoy that sh- that series. And to know what's possibly coming with the other series that are going to kind of tie into that same time frame and all that shit, it's just going to be, you know, what's coming from Disney Plus besides what we've seen with the Mandalorian is gonna be fucking awesome. So yes, my mind was blown. All right, so we know episode one, the first, you know, the, doesn't take it gets to, to the end of the episode before the big reveal happens and we see the child as it's referred to, which AJ has there. He's got his child or the <laughs> child. <laughs> Which we now know is Grogu, um, which we it didn't
3: know. Just like Let's, it looks just like it.
2: <laughs> Must be the bald head.
3: <laughs> Where's your bald head, Jeremy? I you just said, did it today, too. Yeah, that's what you said. That's why I was expecting you to not have a hat on because you were like freshly shaved.
2: Yes, I, I cleaned up a little bit. <laughs> I'm trying to grow the beard out. I don't know how well it's going to look. Eventually, maybe it'll look good. Anyways, um,
3: I'm, it's probably not going to get to Joe's.
2: No, definitely, probably never. <laughs> Joe's is kind of kind of curls. It kind of has. like kind of does. It does like a shelf comes out. It's kind of interesting.
1: It legit kind of like curls up a little bit. I think <laughs> brush it. Yeah, it curls. Don't know.
2: Just the way it goes. But. You know, you have that episode, you have the flashbacks that happen to him every so often where he's chi- kind of remembering his childhood. We learn that he is not actually was not born a Mandalorian. He was actually adopted by the Mandalorian clan, so I guess, a clan within the Mandalorians yeah, exactly. uh, and raised to be a Mandalorian. Um, but evidently we find out later on and we can talk about this more, but we later on find out that he was raised by a very strict um faction or uh clan within the mandalorians that were under the impression that you should never ever remove your mask hence why when this figure was made he has no face so (laughs) uh, for for, for legos so you know it's it's interesting how from beginning of season one to the end of season two which we will go into some of the episodes in that how much this evolves even when some of the episodes were like this didn't really have like move the story essentially forward it was more like a backstory or a side story but it always kept on track it 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 never stayed stagnant for more than a multiple yeah more than more than one episode and even the episode that wasn't necessarily moving the story story forward maybe he just went to another place and met another person it was significant because they always went back at some point in time to tie that back into a newer you know, episode later, whether it was in yeah. season one or it came around to season two. Like him meeting Cara Dune, which I was very impressed, uh, I must say, by um, her acting skills. Um, and I cannot remember the name of the lady. Gina was, Carano. Gina Carano, thank you. Um, I was pretty impressed. I mean, she's been in other things. I think she was in the Fast and Furious, one of the Fast yes. and Furious movies. Yes, she was. But, Yep. So she, she was in Deadpool. She was yep. in Deadpool. Okay. See, I didn't see the original Deadpool. I've never actually seen that one. I saw Deadpool two. I don't know how I got to see the second one and not the first one.
1: Bored. Um, <laughs> going backwards, man. Oh <laughs>
2: but my that was
4: God. What is wrong with you? I probably <laughs> wouldn't have
2: seen the second one either if it wouldn't have been for the fact that I was in a hotel and they had ca- and they have cable there. So I was watching that on one other on the yeah, cable stations.
3: What? You would I you would think you'd watch the second one and say, "Oh my god, this movie's fucking awesome. I need to go back and watch the first one."
2: I do, but I got to find it first. I there it, I, I don't pay for stuff usually, so I'm pretty cheap that way, you know. Well, how do you I, watch the
3: Mandal-
2: Well, Is we it, I we don't pay for to buy extras. Like whatever we get for free through our streaming, okay. you know, what we ever pay for through our streaming, that's what we go. I don't buy extras, so and, well, and and Redbox it, doesn't really exist anymore, so
4: until until he just uh, said there um uh you know i was in a hotel room and you know i was watching the, the cable you know i w- before he said you know i don't pay for things extra i was going to make some kind of crack about how he was in a hotel room <laughs> and how he was watching cable as opposed to something else that's <laughs> extra <laughs> that's extra
0: he's, not, that's paying extra.
4: <laughs> he's yeah. not paying extra i don't well, want right, that to right, show right. when he went and said that i'm like oh okay that answer is-
2: yeah i don't i'm not putting that on the bill anyways even if i (laughs) that stuff's expensive at a hotel i think you can get this
1: free on your phone anyway
2: yeah i know um so i'll let uh let somebody else talk a little bit but let's kind of go through uh the episodes and some of the significant things that happened uh let's just keep it with season one right now so we had episode one the big drop was the child episode two um Man, I I have to go back and watch it. I can't remember some of the things that this happened. Is where in Pat in. Yes. Darth Pat, help us out with a little bit of season uh, with uh, episode two, season one. Was there anything significant that we should probably talk about that was that happened in that episode? Yeah. History,
4: uh, man. Let's Pat. go. Episode two, season one, or let's just call it chapter two, the child. Uh, yeah. That's when he finds he, he after he's, saved the child, if you will, from IG-11, you know, killing it. Uh, he's taking him back to the ship. The Jawas are ransacking his ship, so then he then pursues them. Uh, the Ogna, uh Kuiil, who's voiced by, you uh, uh, oh know, Christ, Nick Nolte, there we go, uh, you know, kind of helps him and everything. He, like, brokers the deal with the Jawa to go kill that uh, Mudhorn uh, creature,
0: and mm-hmm. yeah.
4: like the mud horn's about to kill him, when all of a sudden the mud horn starts floating in air. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty awesome. Because, course, powers we, least. Because the child is, yes. know, using his magic. Uh, <laughs> and that, I mean that. Well, that's that's basically the gist of that episode. Then they yes. uh, he gets what the jaw was on, which was like the egg of the thing. Which uh, you know looked almost like a giant Cadbury cream egg, only it wasn't you know covered in chocolate. (laughs) Uh, But he like gets the parts back from the job that the job was stole from him. They repair the ship, and he leaves the planet. Um, The other
2: nothing significant except for the fact that he kind of that the the child uses his force
4: powers. Yeah, reveals the child's powers. I I one thing that I just want to point out about that episode because I I found it funny i guess if you recall back to the scene on the star destroyer and the empire strikes back when darth vader is addressing all the various bounty hunters who are there you know and he says to boba fett you know like no disintegration um you know when he first catches up to the jawas and everything he he's like shooting that one gun that he has at them and it is disintegrating those Jawas. <laughs> so, that was awesome, yeah, mean, well, it's, it's just that's just like guess what? You could kind of consider an original trilogy tie-in in the sense that oh, that's what it means for like uh, somebody who's got a who's like Mandalorian You disintegrate to an adversary. Uh, you know, yeah. All of a sudden, it just poof. They're gone.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: that was a cool new twist of people disintegrating, not just being shot and falling over
2: yeah then there was a cool thing that i that I enjoyed was in, in season one um is he kept on getting pieces of metal, which was i think vesbar was how was
4: how yeah.
2: yeah. yes, um, and I thought that was pretty cool because he'd always go as he got back to the planet that he was on and back to you know his clan he the the blacksmith. I guess you could call it that person yeah. uh, would make him a new piece that would go on a, a new piece of Veskar armor that would go on his thing, which is pretty awesome because we find out that lightsabers can't even cut through that shit, which is pretty crazy. So, yes,
1: it is, which is cool. It's a good aspect to it, Yeah. which ties into other stories and different
2: and amazing books and stuff like that. Yeah, very much so. So what so what was L what were else in season 1 cuz I'm I'm just having a hard time remembering season 1 what what were some of the other things like that happened just
1: the just of season 1 te- really I mean we we meet him you know we find out he doesn't take his mask off you know the story about him getting the medals the bounty hunter you know we find out that he was you know rescued but he was the was during the battle of the purge was that the right mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah, battle of the purge yeah we, you know so you know he was that's when it happens you know you see you get to meet you know other bounty hunters that are after him because he has the child he gets some backstory in regards to the child a little bit it's more or less really more about him in general for mostly the first season and a little bits and pieces in regards to you know uh characters him. that he's gonna like carl yeah. weathers
3: this character like he you know obviously runs across him multiple times
1: you kind of see that he kind of has a heart too like he's he's mm-hmm. a bounty hunter but like he 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 cares like when he meets Car and like he goes out and he helps that village who's beating you know, overrun and stuff like that. So he knows a lot of aspects in in regards to that uh too. And I think he kind of me- I
3: ahead. think the ch- when he gets the child I think that's when he starts to yeah. care. Like he starts to that that's I think the whole part of that is. I think it took 3 episodes or whatever in season 1 for us to see him start to understand what's going on and the responsibility he has with the child so well, yeah and the
1: other thing too two is like this takes place what five six years after returning to jedi so you're kind of seeing what the universe is kind of like after the fact and you know there's still bad guys you know imperial people and things of that nature so you kind of like start seeing a little bit more of that there's this is like just hints of clues being dropped, you know, and they want to test baby Yoda. Why you want to test baby Yoda for? What are you trying to do? Well, yeah. you know, and it's like small hints in each episode. It just keeps building up, you know. We, we, got, to
3: see him do, answers. we got to see him do some like cool stuff with like his weapons and stuff. We got yeah. to see stuff that we never saw like Boba Fett do, or we got to see some cool stuff in that like episode where he goes off with that gang and they're on that ship and they all kind of turn on him and he has to end up getting you know killing all of them that episode was interesting because you got to see him do cool stuff that we just yeah. we didn't see Boba Fett enough to see mm-hmm. Boba Fett like really do a lot of cool stuff we 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 get to see a lot of different cool stuff from him
1: yeah, and the thing too is like when he's trying to you know escape from the city or the town with uh, baby Yoda and his fellow Mandalorians, you know, come out to, you know, help him out and have the jetpacks on and mm-hmm. bad. I, I like the dudes with the big guns. <laughs> and The big gunner guy goes out, starts wreaking havoc. Cause they're all, they're all the ones always like wreak havoc and destroy shit. That's, that's the part the stuff I like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's Theo. If Theo was going to be in a movie, he's like, give me a big gun and just let me blow up shit. Let me just destroy shit. That's
1: all I want to do. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's that cool part and seeing them like come together to help. A fellow man you know get out even though if they don't really agree what he's doing right now things like that there's a lot of different aspects you know and i think some of the filler episodes and even in season two you know you have some filler episodes that really don't mean that much like to a normal person watching it Mm -hmm. but those filler episodes kind of bring aspects of different part of the universe in to kind of, you know, some people get it and some people are diehard fans will understand. Oh, they'll like drop something or show something or just bringing something in to connect it from a movie or a previous book or the animated I mean, show or something like that. You know, there
3: was the scientist, and we know the scientist was doing cloning stuff.
1: Yeah. So- yeah. And, and that, that was ties the- into a whole bunch of shit.
2: Yeah. And it was interesting because they did tie in the Caminos with the whole cloning thing. Uh, You saw that more in episode, uh, not episode two in season two, you saw more of that. Uh, You kind of just get a hint as to what they might be trying to do with the child's blood and DNA and stuff like that. And I think that's part of the season one where I thought, what I thought was really cool is he just doesn't hand the child over and say, well, fuck it. My job's done. He's like, what is your plan for the, for this child? You know, what do you plan on doing? And when he realizes like what they're going to do, like they're actually going to kill this little kid. Who's completely innocent, even though he has no idea how old the, the child is, which we now know is 50 fucking years old. It <laughs> <laughs> <Very laughs> is the size of a two-year-old toddler. Um, <laughs> um, You know, he, he immediately says that this isn't, this is not right. Like the, by no means is this right. And, puts his own life on the line to 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 save and try and find this child a home which in episode in season two we're going to talk about probably one of the coolest fucking scenes ever um (laughs) in this in this whole entire series so far but yeah i really liked season one when it came down to it season one was really good i mean you got you you get gina carano's character uh cara dune who's a pretty badass you find out she was former uh a former republic soldier Mm -hmm. um because she's that tattoo that she has um um which is very identifiable and like imperials better not see it you've learned that multiple times like got to cover that tattoo if the imperials see it you know it could cause trouble um we also get to meet bill burr's character for the first time in season one um when they uh go on the ship and i think this is what you were talking about with the guys that turn on him i thought that was pretty cool uh the funny thing is is bill burr being from boston has a huge very thick boston accent or new england accent whatever you want to call it and it's funny that it's he they didn't tell him to try and cover it up try and speak without your accent because you're in space they're just like well this is the way he speaks so just go with it
1: (laughs) who cares yeah yeah. huge universe (laughs) how will we know someone doesn't speak like that in the universe like that
2: exactly but it was just it was interesting to me because like i've seen his stand-up which is really i love his stand-up i think it's really good so i just was like okay how are they going to do this in the first time you hear him speak i'm like okay that's what they did (laughs) so um there was a lot of cameos Darth Pat, help us out with some of the cameos that people may not know unless you really were paying attention because I didn't catch them because most of the guys were in makeup and I had no idea because it was such good makeup.
4: Okay, well, let me just clarify. When you say cameos, do you mean actors or characters?
2: Like actors within the thing, whether they were in makeup, no makeup, did a voice.
4: Okay, um, well, like I mentioned, like, you know, Nick Nolte was like the, was the voice of, uh, you know, Guil. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Carl Weathers, who most people probably know from the Rocky movies and Predator and Happy Gilmore, you know, it was mm-hmm. Grief Targa, you know, his uh, agent, you know, if you will, at first. And then, you know, guy is basically kind of like leading the, the planet of, of Navarro. Uh, Warner Herzog, who's, you know, fairly legendary. Uh, film director and occasional actor, was the client. You know, he was the uh, the guy who was, like, really tasking him to bring in the child. But as we find out, of course, is not the main villain. The main villain, of course, is Moff Gideon, who's mm-hmm. played by Giancarlo Esposito, who's also got a very long resume from Do the Right Thing to Breaking Bad. Uh, you know, we mentioned Gina Carano. Uh, Taika Waititi, who's the guy who directed uh, Thor Ragnarok, um, and also directed one or two episodes of this show. He was the voice of IG 11. Okay. Uh, he's also the guy who did uh the movie Jojo Rabbit last year, where he uh he also played the uh humorous version of Adolf Hitler, if you want to say that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Amy Sedaris, who's a longtime comedian, she was uh Pelly Motto, who was the uh, the mechanic at Moss Uh, So she appeared in both seasons. Uh, Ming-Na Wen, who people probably know from like the Joey Luck Club or ER or or Voice Milan in the animated version, Mm -hmm. Uh, she was Fennec Shands. So she's been in both seasons. Uh, You mentioned Bill Burr and uh, two of uh, the people with Bill Burr. Uh, there was the the Twilight uh, woman, uh, Zeon. She was played by Natalia Tena, who was in both Harry uh, several Harry Potter movies, and she was also in uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, she mm-hmm. was she was the the, uh, the Twi'lek woman, and then there was the uh, Devoran character Berg. He was you know the big guy with the horns. He was played by Clancy Brown, who's again been a character actor who's been around for a very long time. He was mm-hmm. in you know the Shawshank Redemption. He was the voice of Lex Luthor in, on Superman, the animated series, and Justice League, huh. um, The Hurricane. He, he, he's been in a ton of stuff. So, those are people who you had in the first season. In the second season, they kind of expanded upon that. Uh, Wasn't like, John Lake yeah.
2: wasamo and Horatio seats. C-
4: yes. Well, like- Horatio. And so he he appeared in the first episode of the first season. He was the guy who he's uh, hunting down,
2: right, and as, gets frozen like, in carbonite,
4: right? Yeah, and then like Carver yeah. <laughs> He 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 shows up again then in the the episode where he goes back to Navarro in season two. He's yes. like working for Carl Weathers' character. Now. Like when he first sees, you know, the Mandalorian again, he like has like a reaction which you know, almost was basically the equivalent of wetting his pants. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but like in addition to like the people I mentioned already who were in this first season, people in the second season, yeah. John Like was the voice of the guy who he uh meets at the beginning of uh the first episode of season two. The guy who gives him like information that leads him back to Tatooine. Uh Tamira Morrison, who played Django Fett in Attack of the Clones, and then was like like the clone guys in Revenge of the Sith, he's back as Boba Fett. Uh Katie Sackoff, who did the voice of Bo-Katan on Clone Wars, plays her live action here. Looks pretty much the same as the character did in Clone Wars, which is kind of funny considering the time passage.
1: Sasha mm-hmm. Banks.
4: Uh, Mercedes. Sasha Banks, yeah, Sasha Banks, uh, credited, of course, under her real name of Mercedes Varnado, is Casca Reeves, Bo-Katan's you know, fellow Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timothy Olyphant played Cobb Van, the marshal in the town on Tatooine in the first episode. Uh, Titus Welliver, who's been in a bunch of stuff, he has his own Amazon series, the name of which I'm forgetting. He was the Imperial captain on the ship that they uh, that they like hijacked uh, the Mandalorian. Oh, uh, uh, okay, that's right. Or the okay. one who like bit on what I guess you could call like a cyanide capsule. <laughs> you know, that kind of killed himself. Uh, Michael Bean, who's known for movies like aliens and the terminator and tombstone and yeah. what you're talking about was the subordinate guy in that like walden city that ahsoka is attacking if you will uh and then of course rosario dawson appears as ahsoka giving us our first glimpse of ahsoka in the flesh as it were uh so and then of course there was the uh you know well there was the uh the part at the end.
3: <laughs> the part <laughs> well, at the end. We're not going to talk about it quite yet.
4: <laughs> so, right. but no, there was uh, yeah, they they, I I find it very interesting because some of these roles, you know, were only one episode or they weren't very big or anything, but it's it's very interesting that after like only like one season or in some cases not even one season, they were just basically able to sell some of these people like, hey, you want to be in the Star Wars TV show? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, kind of like you say Star Wars, and we're like, "What do you want me to do?"
4: Yeah, I'm game. It'll make me interested to see where they go in season three of this show, and then what the other shows that we know are coming, as to see like who you might suddenly show up in again, yeah, like, crossover like, oh, from
2: right. different shows, yeah.
4: Well, That'll not even cool. just that, but just like you know, all of a sudden, like you know, hey, but this actor is now a part of Star Wars, so. Mm.
2: Okay, I see what you mean.
4: I, I just, yeah, I just, because I just remember Samuel L. Jackson talking about, you know, <laughs> when when he when he saw like the original Star Wars movies, he was like, you know, man, I have got to find a way to get in these movies, <laughs> and then of course he ends up playing Mace Windu in the prequels and everything, so which you was know,
2: talked about before, which we yes. thought was very out of character for him in the way he just, his persona, like the person, the person that we always see him act as was so different. But anyways, I digress.
4: That's true. But it, it was just a way of kind of saying like, Hey, it was like his dream to be in star Wars. And he found a way to be in star Wars. So, yep. yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see going forward, I guess if there's like any other actor out there who's like, yeah, I wanted to be in star Wars. So
2: yeah it is the way
3: I we'll think that, <laughs> because
4: because i didn't watch the
3: i don't watch the cartoon stuff because i don't like cartoons
1: they're so. animated shows not Whatever. cartoons they're
3: cartoons, so. they're cartoons <laughs> so. not gonna not gonna sway me on that they're cartoon so <laughs> joe i know at the end of season one joe was super excited because of a certain lightsaber yep. that we got to see
2: yeah, let's just talk about that. Let's just say it. the Dark Saber came out. It Sweet was ass shit. F- awesome. That was really cool to know because if you, well, I'll let Theo, Theo, go ahead. Tell us a little bit Less of the history evil. of the Dark, the Dark, the Dark Saber.
1: Some people on this podcast need to suck it up and watch the good old cartoon to find <laughs> that, out that, these.
0: Not gonna <laughs> Never gonna happen, man. <laughs>
1: Never gonna happen. You don't even have to watch the whole thing. You just have to watch like three episodes or something. Three, four episodes. It, you'll, you'll, you'll you'll get it all. I'll probably fall and,
0: asleep. So oh my God.
1: anyway, anyway, it's like Pat. It's, been, it's well, man, he, he, does, he he does that quite a bit, you know. Podcast do WrestleManias, we know. WrestleMania, we know.
3: who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Just, well, just give him some time.
4: When you're when you're carrying around this much weight and you just find life to be a horrible bore and you don't sleep very well and you're Whoa. Jesus, here we go. <laughs> we,
3: are, we open the door.
4: <laughs> All right, come on, Dark Saber.
2: <laughs> Tell us about yeah. the Dark Saber. And we're not talking about Darth Pat's Dark Saber, okay? <laughs> Listen, be. I wasn't going there.
0: <laughs> Lord,
1: I wasn't going there this time. It's Mandalorian tradition. Dart saber. Whoever holds a dart saber is the leader of the Mandalorian. And I will cut the head off of that action figure.
4: This is not an action figure. This is a, uh, a yeah. statue. <laughs> oh, Joe pulled out his be. lightsaber. Here we How go. Big is- <laughs> now
3: we're going to argue <laughs> whether it's an action figure or a toy or a statue.
4: <laughs> this is a statuette.
2: Oh, because it's tiny like you
0: it's a
4: foot tall I definitely want <laughs> an action figure because it's not poseable or anything you know?
1: no, yeah it's not an action figure <laughs> it's not <laughs> so whoever owns the holds the dark saber is the leader of the Mandalorian pretty much simple as that it's just a badass weapon because it's a lightsaber but a swordish version and it is pretty badass. It's kind of hard to explain. It's just not hard to explain, but it's it's just it's something different. It's the first time you see something that's not a true lightsaber. Um, it's not right. the first time you see it in you know the animated shows. You know, it's in the it's it been in books and comics and things of that nature. You know, it depends on how invested you are in the Star Wars and how much you do read, which I do read a lot of that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Just, I mean,
3: I do. I definitely have two.
1: It's and it's just a point where you know you bring in you know even the books that are now legendary books. It's cool to see where they're taken at people from the legendary series and slowly starting to incorporate them into
3: like Thrawn.
1: So yes, the current Star Wars universe, whatever the hell they want to call it, what's canon? Great. Um, so you know it's uh, good stories in regards to that. It's just cool. Something different, something that you don't see in the movies and you're only going to be able to see it in like animated shows or comics or now a live action. You know, I just, that's another thing besides, you know, the dark saber showing up. It's something about the Mandalorians, you know, mm-hmm. Bobo Fett, Bobo Fett made that happen. And the fans would have gone ape shit over Bobo Fett and return of the, you know, empire strikes right. back and return of the Jedi and stuff. There's not going to be no Mandalorian show. It'd be about something else. So you know him's his his following just right. like Ahsoka. Ahsoka's created for an animated show, and she has a book, and she's been in the comics and stuff like Boba that. And
3: she, Boba she Fett has a huge following. Boba so Fett's just, definitely a guy that there's there's like like me, and there's a lot of people who like Boba Fett a lot, even though he wasn't even yeah. in either of those two movies for a super long time.
1: Just a, something. It was something it was different. Cool. Yeah, it was just like yes. a cool character they created not like Jar Jar Binks, but yes. anyway, you know, it's just uh, just the fact that and it's it was something different.
3: Definitely cool to see Boba Fett again.
1: Oh yeah. That's a, yes. another key factor. Yeah, And, we'll, and they and did we'll it talk- the right way too, which is, yeah. which is good.
2: Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit about, more about that when we get to when we talk about season two, but um, I just want to give a final thought. Um, because I can't think of anything super significant besides what we've already talked about in regards to season one that happened that I think we need to talk about or discuss, Mm -hmm. but overall season one, fantastic. A great series from first episode to last episode, all of them meant something um, storyline wise or, you know, character wise or something there was growth it was very well done and i think john favreau was the right person for them to put on this project and continue to do this project because he is a star wars fan like that's the right person to do this and he wants to keep the integrity so and i think that's another reason why it was so good from beginning to end as well as when we talk about season two anybody else got any final thoughts they want to throw out there
4: well, when you uh, mention when you when you mention Favreau, I may mean, I think you also have to give a lot of credit to Dave Filoni, um, who yes, you, you know, did, a, did a lot of the like the writing and producing along with uh, with, with, with Favreau uh, on okay. on some of these on some of these episodes. And Dave Filoni, for those who don't know, he's he's really the creative force behind both the Clone Wars and Rebels animated series. Yes. He also really seems to 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 get it in the sense that he knows how to please the fans but not by doing it like force awakens style in the sense of just like it's not like endless nostalgia or endless callbacks and everything there's new stuff that's in there there's character development you know this, that the other thing um so you know he deserves a lot of credit for that too and this is going to lead me to something that I want to talk about after we're kind of done talking about season two about, you know, kind of like the direction and Lucasfilm and everything. But uh, obviously, I mean, Faber, I was the is uh, the, the, the big creative force. And he also got a lot of really good directors uh, for these episodes. Like uh, Taika Waititi, like I said, directed an episode, uh, a couple of episodes, Peyton Reed, mm-hmm. who directed the two Ant-Man movies. Uh, directed a couple of episodes here in season two, Bryce Dallas Howard, who I think we know more as an actress. She directed one episode in each season. Robert Rodriguez directed an episode. Uh, Carl Weathers directed an episode. So he's got some really good people to, you know, to kind of help out, you know, behind the scenes and everything, which has definitely been, I think one of the reasons why the, uh, the reception has been as good as it's been.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. AJ, what were you going to say? Uh, I was gonna put my wrestling spin on the Mandalorian he, okay. starts, he starts as a heel at the beginning, <laughs> and now he like at, during season one he's kind of a tweener. We're playing the tweener card with him where he's not really a heel anymore, and we're gonna start swaying him a little bit more. I don't think he ever becomes a complete face, but he's definitely more like a tweener, and I feel like at the beginning he was we
4: were supposed to think he was a, a heel or a villain so mm-hmm. well i I think I I, I think that it was, I mean, again, the, you know, the term anti-hero gets gets used, overused, really. But I always, I think that the whole thing with him being a bounty hunter, uh, I think the thing that they were really kind of going for is to make you think of, like a lot of like uh, kind of like second era, Western films. And I mean, again, I'm going to yeah. go back to like 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 Clint Eastwood and like like the in the uh, the Man with No Name trilogy. I think that's kind of like the um, the vibe that they were going for at, at first. And then, you know, you start peeling back the layers of the onion, so to speak. Oogers are like onions. We have layers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or as Donkey would say, parfaits. Um, <laughs> bloomin' onions are really good. Go ahead. I, I had a bloomin' onion today. Um, <laughs> But um, I, like, you know, they, they just show like, you know, something like obviously like, you know, just like triggers in him when he sees the child. And then as the season, the first season, you know, goes on, you, you start to see what that is and what made him decide to rescue the child and then, and then keep him and then basically go on the run with him. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: Theo, any last thoughts before we move into season two? All right. For season two. All right. So, before we move into season 2 officially, I do want to take just one moment and say thank you to all our fans out there. We do appreciate you guys tuning in. We are live this episode. Um been checking our chat and right now we did have one person join us, but they uh they didn't do, didn't want to chat with me, so you know, that'll be what it'll be. It's okay, you know, but we're just glad that everybody's watching wherever you're catching us whether you're catching us live on YouTube, watching it on the replay. Uh you're catching it on on iTunes podcast uh or I should say Apple podcast uh Stitcher Spotify Amazon Music wherever you're catching us we just appreciate you tuning in and always 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 because we do have a Mount Rushmore. Please stay tuned to the end so you can catch the Mount Rushmore which is based on The Mandalorian.
3: Maybe H Bomb doesn't like Star Wars.
2: Maybe not. H <laughs> Bomb did not join us today, but that's okay. I'm sure we got plenty of Star Wars uh geeks out there like ourselves uh so we can say that because we are star wars geeks and nerds all ourselves so hence why i have freaking legos of the star wars and i have a whole dresser full of them so it's
0: <laughs>
2: it oh, doesn't get kind of Uh oh this is this is
1: my wife found this i don't remember where she found it at but she bought it. she <laughs> liked it she's like these are cool and they're made from uh 3d printers
2: oh nice <laughs> the Mandalorian and plants the child coming
1: out of their head.
2: They're like, weird, pets. like those, uh, chia pets. Are those chia pets? Wow, kind
1: of. Yeah, just plants it, that uh,
2: come out you of just their don't head. Yeah, you just don't rub the seeds on their heads.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no. you got to water well, in them. Got to spray a little water on them. But uh, it's real plants. The the the
2: child kind of looks like a troll doll. Yeah, <laughs> I know. a
0: little bit. <laughs>
3: It's turn his cool, hair man. red
2: turn, turn the leaves red and, or orange. Um, oh it's man cool. all right so it is i we got to talk about season two because as good as season one was and sometimes when you get a season two and the season one's so good you're like okay is it going to be a letdown and you're kind of building yourself up like okay it's probably going to be maybe as good probably not as good but season two fucking delivers <laughs> he has like, star
1: wars hard on okay it, yeah like, like, that's what it did and
2: in, in, in big, in just big ways. did happen yes, and it. Just, and it happened in big ways and it wasn't even Twice. the final episode that was like the big things like there was just some really cool shit that they expanded upon and just um the first episode um and i th- i'm hoping thinking of i hope i got my episodes right the first episode of season 2 he goes to tatooine and he's yep. Marshall. In Tatooine, meets the Marshal who uh, was played by once again Timothy uh, Oliphant. Tim- Timothy Oliphant, thank you. Um, he was almost my Mount Rushmore person, almost, because <laughs> I like his character. I really like his character because he's like kind of a he's a sarcastic ass. Like and he's, he's... <laughs> played that similar character in other shows. Yes, he has. Um, but he has. We find out he has Boba Fett's armor somehow yeah. don't know how he actually got it he tries to tell a story which was full so full of shit, it wasn't even <laughs> real like,
0: <laughs> well, he's like yeah a, that's i
4: mean that's the interesting thing there's like there's a book out there which is considered canon where it describes the way that he got the armor and it is different from the story that he tells the mandalorian in, in the episode here so you know it's the whole like unreliable narrator premise i mean it doesn't really matter, but it does make it funny how like there's like two, you know, different forms of media that have, you know, canon stories out there about how he got the armor. So, yeah.
3: And we got to, some of us got to revert back to Knights of the Old Republic. Yes. During that episode, for sure, when they fight the crate Dragon, we all remember ah. doing that in Knights of the Old Republic. Yes, yes.
2: indeed. And the and prize thought- that comes with it. And I thought it was very, very interesting that he could speak to the, the job to the to the sand, sand people, people. Uh, <laughs> I'm like this guy can talk to sand people now I'm like. <laughs> well
1: so far he's the only one we know that can really talk to sand people so
2: (laughs) it's like this is like i just had to chuckle because like it it reminds me of like one of those characters in in a show and like they can just do anything like they just have the ability to do anything and like all of a sudden this guy just knows how to talk to the sand people i'm like okay i
3: mean the the crate dragon looked nothing like in this show like it did in the video game but it was still really cool to see the lore of the crate dragon and that when it was dead they were trying to get the Pearl out of it because we definitely remember getting the Pearl out of the <laughs> video game. That's why Absolutely. you had to kill it in the game so you could get the Pearl.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. No, yeah, so, so
4: that, I mean, I, I guess that makes the Knights, officially makes the Knights of the Old I mean, I don't think they were... Going for I that. Were, I, don't, I don't think they were considered canon anyway, but it's like, you know, they were so long ago in the past, you'd always hope that they could still be considered canon, but yeah. they can't have... Uh, even with the passage of time, you can't say that something looks, you know, that different, you know, and have it be the same thing. So, yeah. Uh, on, the, on the other hand, though, the Krayt dragon, as it was as it was depicted in this episode, looked a hell of a lot more like the skeleton of the Krayt dragon that you see, of course, in episode four, than the way they designed the Great dragon to look in Knights of the Old Republic. But, mm. yeah.
2: And the cool thing that happens is after he gets Boba Fett's armor and helps them out with the crate Dragon and everything's, you know, back to normal, so to say, in Tatooine, as he's driving away, we see a mysterious figure in the, in the <laughs> foreground. And we're like, who is that? And every one of us were like, that's Boba Fett. He's <laughs> just all you it's want, gotta, but we know it's, who it is. It's like, it's gotta be Boba Fett because who the hell else would it be? Because <laughs> <laughs> we find out then later on that he is also the mysterious figure and he saved somebody from episode one, which was the assassin played by, once again, help us out, Darth Pat.
4: Uh, it was the character Fennec Shand who was played by Ming-Na Wen. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, So that was pretty freaking awesome because as Star Wars fans and as like AJ said, he was so small of a part. His part was so small in two movies, but yet he is such a substantial character in the Star Wars universe. Having Boba Fett and being played, which was also pretty cool, being played by the guy that was in the movies for Star Wars as Jango Fett. Yep playing himself now as Boba Fett. (laughs) So that was pretty cool too. Uh, And you do get to see that he's slightly disfigured. I believe they did do some disfigurement on his face and stuff like that. Not a ton, but a little bit just to show that, you know, being in the Sarlacc pit and being eaten by the Sarlacc did do something to him. So I thought that was pretty, pretty awesome.
4: We, We know that something happened. We have no idea of what, um, and, and that's, that's actually kind of the interesting thing is, I mean, that's something that they've left open now to, I mean, possibly it could be explained in the Boba Fett series, but for right now, it's just, okay, he got out. He, <laughs> we don't, really, we don't, we don't, I mean, we do know what he looked like because he was like, uh, like an unaltered uh, clone of Django Fett. So, you know, it becomes that he would look exactly like Django Fett. We did see Django, in his helmet and attack of the clones um so obviously he you know something happened to him of course and you know there was the whole thing uh that, how was the c3po put it like you know like you know he will be slowly digested over a period of a thousand years so yeah i can't imagine what it would be like to be digested over a thousand years i mean i know in some of the old novels, they explained it that he got out because he had like a thermal detonator, which he used to somehow like kill him, kill the Sarlacc. And then somehow he, he was able to get out, but it's like, he obviously could have done a good, uh, done a good bit of damage to himself with the use of a thermal detonator, but mm-hmm. hopefully they'll explain it. But obviously, yes, he looks a little worse for the wear. Yeah.
2: We figure that story's got to come up at some time, like have some kind of explanation. I mean, we know it's in the books um that were written about Boba, Boba Fett, but, yeah. you know, it, it'd be nice to have the story as in a series, you know, on a TV show. Um, And then we head to episode two, which I don't think anything significant happened in episode two season. And eating the eggs. Yeah. The eating the eggs. That was kind of funny. Like, oh yeah. And <laughs> people uh, were so upset about that. There was,
3: <laughs> Yes. There was a lot of people
2: that were very upset about this child who's, You know they call him the still the child at this point in time eating these eggs because oh my god they're children. Well, here's what I say to those people that were very upset: it's a fucking TV show.
4: It's not real. It it, it, it was it was because she said it was like the last eggs of her her life cycle. So it was like it's like he's like taking away the uh, like the was the woman I guess you want to say the frog lady whatever you want to call it taking away her chance to her last chance to really um, you know propagate or you know procreate I mean uh, <laughs> I don't know why I was the propagate.
0: <laughs> I uh, taking I mean.
4: her last chance to procreate and they almost make it seem as if she's like the last of her species in a way. That's I mean her, would, and her husband, yeah. Yeah. I mean they, they don't say that specifically and I mean that is a, that is a, a big assumption to make. But they don't not say it, so that's yeah. that's that's why I think people were disturbed by it too, because it's like you know, hey, you know, eating some you know poor innocent you know characters unborn children is uh, a little messed up. So,
2: well, and and here's the thing, like having Yoda in pretty much in, in so many of the movies we never see him eat anything so we have no idea what the hell this no. dude eats oh you know except he's making like that stew one time on dagobah for for luke to eat but <laughs> other than that we have no idea what he eats so i found uh. it very funny that he just the, the child just randomly eats some freaking eggs that are like the size of a freaking orange and he's just slurping them down with one big gulp he doesn't even chew him he's just like Punk! <laughs>
0: Like well, f- the
4: the other problem is is that we see is that this this kid is willing to eat almost anything. I mean, like what? And then following episode, you know, they give him that like the blue stuff. I no, let's just call it stew uh you know like you know, when, they're, just... when they're on like the aquatic planet the thing that's got something that's like still living in it that like jumps it. <laughs> <laughs> oh and, yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah 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 uh, yeah like reprimands it was saying like you know don't play with your food or something yeah. and then of course <laughs> when he goes and he just like opens up like the spider egg and eats like the spider out of it uh um, yeah you know like and again of course the spiders that we see in episode two they have a name which is escaping me and i'm too lazy to go look up right now um yeah.
2: Well, and there's another thing that people got upset about. But finish your thought real quick.
4: Well, I, I mean those those spiders. I mean, it was cool because you know they were something that we saw in uh, the season of Rebels. Yes. Uh, so it was it yeah. was cool that they uh, that they introduced introduced them into uh, into live action. So just you know, kind of further you know, saying like, you know, hey, here they are, they're canon. You know.
2: Hmm. and so and here was the other thing and, and joe knows this from watching rebels and i think pat you watched rebels too yep the spiders were on because people got upset about this too how can they just shoot the spiders and they're dying um because we know from rebels they're one they're on a different planet they're not even on the same planet um as what happens in the mandalorian but they shoot them and the bullets bounce off of them like they're they, they can't shoot them and kill them yeah so I don't know why people got so upset about this. Like why it was such a big deal. Like we know stories are going to vary and things are going to change from director to director, you know, show to show. It it never remains 100% the same. Yeah. So you got to take into a fact that they're on a different planet. It's somebody else directing it. So maybe the spiders aren't exactly the same kind of spiders that we see. They just look exactly. They look, you know, there
3: there was that part in that episode though, where, he like brings the egg to him the child we didn't really yeah. see him use his powers like we saw him use the use the powers to bring the egg to him so he could eat it and we hadn't really seen him use his powers he didn't always use his powers he got to yes. the point where he felt like he was like hiding them or he didn't want to show them but that was one time yeah. where he did use his powers to get one of the eggs out of there
1: He was like i'm damn hungry Don't give me this shit
4: <laughs> yeah it was I mean, uh, I think the why people got upset is because in Rebels it, it, it was shown that the uh, the spiders had, you know, like a level of intelligence, and like it was just like you know, hey, they were, it's like their territory was being uh, encroached upon, and they were afraid and this that, and it's like yeah, but I I, I guess the, the first analogy I can really kind of think of is, um, you know, like obviously there's different species of different, you know, or different types i don't know if it's different species the right word of, of different animals like okay does that did anybody ever see uh uh what a leopard seal is
0: mm-hmm.
4: yeah yeah it's more like somebody even said i think once it's more leopard than seal so you think of a seal you know you think of this like you know kind of small you know like you know half a aquatic half a mammalian creature that you know, mm-hmm. kind of bark, kind of barks like a dog and it you know, can be trained to do all cute little tricks at sea world and everything and it's basically harmless you know leopard seals are like vicious predators basically um and, and they will you know they will so they're gonna act like predators i mean they're gonna hunt they're gonna kill without remorse and everything so yeah while these are like you know spiders or again i can't remember the damn thing's name um you know they're they're very different types of so there could be that these could be on, on that planet, which again, I don't know if they ever actually named that planet. It was, you know, an icy planet. Of course it wasn't off, but we know that, but I don't yeah, I remember yeah. them naming it. Right. But it just, you know, they could be totally different uh, types. Like they may not have that willingness to communicate as the ones from rebels did, but more so than that, it's just that, I mean, Hey, they all the little ones started hatching and then after all the little ones started hatching um you know here came mommy with all of its other ones that had already hatched and they're instantly aggressive and they're instantly you know chasing after them and and attacking it was like what are you supposed to do, stand there and try to reason with them? <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah, <seriously>. hurt me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, they don't have a way of communicating with them the way that, you know, uh, Kanan and Ezra were able to on and that was only because yeah. of, you know, the Bendu character who was yeah. by, uh, you know, Doctor Who, Tom Baker. Um, but, yeah, it's like, look, they it, it was that was, unfortunately, an instance of, uh, you know, kill or be killed, and a They would have been killed if the two X-wing pilots hadn't returned. So, yes.
2: Which speaking of them,
4: at some at some point, you know, yeah, you have to, you kind of have to get over the whole "oh my god, they killed these innocent creatures." Well, unfortunately, at the time, they really couldn't be classified as innocent creatures. They were aggressive creatures, and you got to do what you got to do to survive.
2: (laughs) And speaking of the X-wings. It was pretty cool to see like a a glimpse of the New Republic also come into uh, play um, yeah. with seeing the X Wing and them trying to get identification from the Mandalorian and his ship and stuff like that. And they're like police uh, officers, police in the space. Yeah, so, so it was like a little
1: cool. bit different. They were different. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Different. So they they were doing something different, different, different capacity, and then just you know we're not we never really seen x-wing fighters flying around like being space police before and like yeah, you know, it's, I, it's, you know we need your identification or any of that jazz
4: yeah it, it definitely sounds more like that they're acting as like you know glorified cops now yeah. than, <laughs> than you know like you know fighter pilots basically yeah um and yeah it did kind of give us a glimpse like you know when they can say like well you know these are trying times and this is It's only supposed to be about, what, like five, six years after Return of the Jedi. So obviously not. And we know that there's obviously Imperials still out there and in some form and everything. So we know not everything's all hunky-dory. I think we'll get more of uh, a glimpse of that when I'm guessing it's that Rangers of the New Republic show uh, hits. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that Probably just a, because again, that is that's an area that I think is is kind of ripe for. It's getting a little off track of Mandalorian here, but this, it, that's an area of Star Wars now that's really ripe for further development. Is mm-hmm. why do we go from end of Return of the Jedi? Yay, the, the Emperor's dead, the Death Star's been destroyed, you know, the Empire's in disarray to beginning of Force Awakens. Um, the they're the republic you know is not very effective there's the resistance which is still basically the rebellion and there's the first order which is still basically the Empire. empires like the republic's in charge and sure shit doesn't feel like it and then obviously yeah. the first order destroys the new yeah. republic so there's a lot of stuff they can do to show how it gets from Absolutely. those points. so Absolutely. that's something it does that's something that i'm kind of interested to see how they handle but
2: yeah all right so moving on from episode two we spent a little bit of extra time on episode two just um but uh episode three i don't think anything significant happened in that episode oh something did significant so, happen yeah
1: help yeah, help yeah, me exactly. out theo or aj so, yeah episode three was the highest so that's where they crash landed on the planet to uh you know reunite frog lady with her husband but oh that's where yes. we meet uh little Sasha Banks hiding with her cloak on. People didn't know if she was going to be a Jedi or not. You know, when you mm-hmm. show a thing with her in a cloak, people start freaking out about that. But it turns out well, that the, she's part of the Mandalorians. I yeah,
4: guess. and there was, also, there was also the theory that she could be Sabine from Rebels. Yeah. Rebel yes. before. yeah. Turn, turned out to not be true, which I got to be honest, I was fine with that. The fact that she was playing a different character was really fine because yes, that way she could just play the character and not have to live up to like existing expectations of what that yeah. character could
2: be, yes, yeah. but we did get to see Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan, which was so pretty we- pretty awesome because if uh, like we watched Rebels and Bo-Katan at one point in time had the dark saber, correct, and now doesn't have it. So, so it's a backstory. How'd she lose it?
1: Why yeah, does right. this bad
4: guy have it? Yeah. This
1: imperial <laughs> guy have it? Like what happened here that you lost
4: the saber? What did you? Yeah, you know, what did when- you fuck up? <laughs> when 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 Moff Gideon you know emerged from the crash Tie Fighter and like the post credit scene there at the end of season one with the dark saber, you know my first thought was Omg oh, oh, the dark saber. My second thought was, how the hell did he get it? So That's something to still be explored.
2: So yeah, we got to see, we did get to see that. I forgot about that. that was episode three. I thought that was episode two, but episode well, me, three. Uh, yeah.
4: And the other thing that they kind of revealed in episode three is that Bo Katan basically tells him, um, "You're, you're part. <laughs> you, you, well, you're 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 part of uh, like 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 a cult of Mandalorians with the whole never take your helmet off thing." Yeah, yeah. the
1: old old school version.
4: Yes, right. That really so, doesn't
1: exist anymore.
4: <laughs> go ahead, so AJ. concerned that just opens up a little bit more about like you know him not necessarily being the a fashion. true Mandalorian or, or just that yeah there's there's differences that have to be uh you know brokered I guess between the existing Mandalorians who are out there.
0: Yeah.
3: The Go Tornado ahead. DDT officially became Star Wars canon <laughs> in that
0: episode.
4: Was that in that episode or was that in the finale? I don't remember now.
2: No, that was no, that She was did a... it
3: in the bar. She did it in the bar fight. They were fighting in the bar or whatever. I remember. Okay. I remember Sakamoto posting that the tornado <laughs> DVD was canon.
4: Yeah, I, I, I do. I do definitely remember that. So yeah. Yeah. that was
3: when a when a wrestler's on a TV show, they have to do like the Rock does rock bottom. <laughs> you know how many times have we seen the Rock do a rock bottom in something like mm-hmm. it's like absolutely get your wrestling thing
4: into there just to make the wrestling people happy. So. I am pretty sure the first time I ever saw The Rock act in a in in a non WWE capacity Star, was when Star Trek? was when he did the episode of Star Trek Voyager and he was and like he, a gladiator. Rock character. bottom I'm pretty, seven
3: of nine. Pretty
4: sure he did a rock bottom, <laughs> yeah. 100% I mean, He one hundred percent did. Yeah. I remember watching <laughs> that and I, I think I even I think I even started going like rock bottom, rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's looking at me like I'm like what dad? You know that's what JR always does. And
3: then like <laughs> just just and then I remember in the one Fast and Furious movie, movie, him and Vin Diesel did the Doomsday device on somebody. I'm like, yeah, Doomsday! Oh
1: yes, they did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was sweet. Yeah.
2: So let's go on. Let's move on to episode four. Help jog my memory. I remember uh, when people
4: well, talk well, about real, it. Real, real, real quick, just about episode three. The other key point, of course, of episode three the is end. that at the end of the episode, Bo Katan told him to go find Ahsoka oh, Tano. Yes, so like, yes, the Jedi. You know, the, the rumors were, were pretty much out there, but they were still, of course, unconfirmed that she was going to be showing up. That more or less confirmed it. So that was like like the giddiness factor was kind of all like, oh, they're
0: going to show us Elka. Were so, you giddy like
4: oh, a schoolgirl? I, I was. I was stoked. <laughs> I was waiting I know. for this.
2: I was pretty excited, too. Especially um, by Rosario Dawson. Uh-huh. And we, you we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> so episode four of season two, we get to see... Siege
4: the siege that's where he goes back to Navarro hooks back up with Grief Carga and Cara Dune yes. and they basically ask him to help him like uh, rid the last like remnants of the Imperials uh, from the planet they had this like one little sector which turned out to be more or less a research base yes. and he started to get more of an idea of what the Imperials were up to because he saw like the tanks which contain things that uh looked a little bit like a certain you know villain we saw already that got chopped in half but um you know it it provided us our first glimpse of uh you know what's to follow uh chronologically in terms of you know the sequels and everything
1: so plus yeah. you kind of you know you're you're figuring out they, they they want baby Yoda to do testing and use his blood for cloning pretty much yeah. as what it's legitimately coming down to, you know, especially when they play that message um, that the one guy finds and, you know, you get, you listen to it and you, that transmission, you, you're hearing that you're like, Oh shit. So they're really trying to do like, you know, it's, is it just this stuff or are we trying to clone to help out somebody in episode nine, the star Wars movies? (laughs) Like how big of a
4: picture is this go? Yeah. And they mentioned, they mentioned, you know, M counts. So, you know, you yes. know, it's like about midichlorians. and then uh, we also get of course the the cuteness that is baby Yoda in school stealing the little <laughs> girls what looked like macaroons and just, yes, you know,
1: that was funny.
4: Just being and eventually just being, yeah, just being all kind of like, yeah, he 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 starts eating him and he's got that look on his face that basically says, Yeah, I took him. gotta
0: <laughs> <do about> it. <laughs> I'm Baby Yoda.
4: I sell the merch. <laughs> he and certainly then, does.
2: And then he threw up.
4: <laughs> well, yes, during the uh the chase scene from the yes. TIE Fighters. Yeah, he yeah easy spits up. He's all like, ah <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was kind of funny though, like typical yeah, good stuff. I like thought it you know, was funny.
0: <laughs>
4: I thought it was funny.
2: And then episode five we get the jedi ahsoka
1: tano like the The best opening scene of any of the episodes
2: that opening scene was pretty fucking badass because you don't see her
1: until she lights up the lightsabers you know it's coming it's like you're just waiting i was just like come on come on just fuck them all up let's just do this let's get this over with a little thing's
4: talking
2: to me Little things talking to us now.
4: (laughs) So, uh so, so Dave Filoni, who again, like I said, is the Clone Wars and Rebels guy, and you can more or less call the creator of the character. He wrote and directed that episode, and you could tell because, yep. I mean, Ahsoka's really depicted in the in the best possible light. There, I mean, and like the intro scene is done great because you don't really know what's going on at first, and it's it's almost like a horror movie. You know, it's almost like a slasher movie in that. You know these guys are are going out hunting this thing that they can't see and then and then you know of course we know of course that the slasher is actually the good guy and everything mm-hmm. but you know because we see the lightsabers ignite and everything and it's just so cool the way that she's depicted is that you know they're they're no match for her and everything but you know she's of course not unreasonable she's basically all like you know it, it was uh what was the rocks first movie the one rock's first like, movie? The, the one where he was like the star for the first time. The rundown? The rundown, that was it. It was like when he always like the rock's character in the rundown would give that ultimatum. Like, you know, you know, option one, you do blah 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 blah. <laughs> option two, yeah. I make you, you know. <laughs> that was kind of like she but what about the option ultimatum.
2: three there, i mean what about option c there is no option c <laughs> yeah
4: but it's like you know she she gives like that ultimatum to like the the magistrate i guess or whatever she that mm. woman was calling herself she's basically saying like you know like free the city or else i'll free it for you you know or from you so um you know it was, it was just you know it was just really well done and Rosaria dawson was really like the only person i think that they could really honestly cast in that role that yes, would have yeah. made up a- so, I, I just i mean maybe there's somebody else i can't think of who that person has.
2: so i'm going to ask this question it's going to be maybe inappropriate but i'm going to ask it anyways because <laughs> oh, that's that's what we do on this that's what we do on this show we're inappropriate <laughs>
4: at times Yeah, no, so, i know exactly where he's going with this i think so
2: rosario dawson hot or not hot as ahsoka tano
4: Show yeah, of hands you yes. thought she
2: was hot.
3: <laughs> was with it. I thought she was hot.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm not saying no to that.
4: <laughs> I mean Rosario Dawson. That's pretty a
3: dumb hot, question, though. Jeremy. I think we already know the answer.
4: Well, I mean, Rosario you know. Dawson's pretty hot. I don't think you can say she's not hot just because she's got that makeup on and everything. Well, so.
2: you know, some people would have been like, "Well, she she didn't look like Rosario Dawson." You know, she, she it's okay. the, the
4: makeup. Those people make are hot. gay. Okay. Well, but,
2: maybe yeah. not that,
0: but
4: geez. I, yeah. But this wasn't this wasn't like you know like Charlize Theron and Monster, where she's you know wearing makeup that is supposed to make her look unattractive. So yes, it's not a situation like that. So yes.
2: But I had to throw that question out there because hey, that's it. It wouldn't be our show if it wasn't if we didn't have that question out there, regardless of it being a dumb question or not.
4: It's got to be asked. <laughs> It, so, wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be our show if we didn't act like sexist pigs. That's right, um, From time to
2: time. Yes. To all those ladies out there, we apologize, um,
4: <laughs> but um, they're so, all I'm, married, and, and I'm respectful of
0: women.
2: <laughs> um, so, I thought it was pretty cool. The one Can't thing that, that was really alone. cool was the when she fights when the Succotana fights the lady at the end, which I I have no idea what her name is. It was really cool that she had a, a beskar like staff so it wasn't like over in two seconds she, you know she, she had to really ahsoka katana really had to fight like this lady like it wasn't like an easy contest where she could just yeah. whoop her ass and be done with it i thought well, that was yeah. pretty cool
4: yeah like like the actress who who played the character uh morgan elsbeth It says was the name of the uh the magistrate the character name of the magistrate mm-hmm. the actress later is like a martial artist and mm-hmm. a stunt double yeah, and stunt coordinator. So she's like, she's been in, like a lot. I remember looking up her because she looks familiar to me. So I remember looking up like her mm-hmm. uh, her filmography. She really hasn't had that many straight acting roles. It's mostly been as like a stunt performer and stuff. But she so she obviously knows how to fight. But yes, the, the very important thing of that scene, of course, was to show that Beskar can basically hold its own oh. against a lightsaber. You know, yeah. it's, it it can parry at the very least with a lightsaber. So yeah. it's I mean. It a good defensive weapon. And then obviously, since we know that the Mandalorian's wearing Beskar, we know he's got some protection. Should a Jedi come looking for him?
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, we, we really get three major things out of this episode. One, we get a Soko. Two, we get baby Yoda's name, Grogu. And three, that Thrawn is, is Thrawn's going to be, given to us in live action at some point when the Ahsoka season comes out and that's like huge as well not just because of the old legendary books which I read all of them but the new books is another one just someone who was created after the fact that has, has a huge following which I think is cool and there's a huge thing in Rebels that leads up to Ahsoka looking for him to look for Ezra so yeah I mean that's and, another th- another thing that's such a tie-in from
0: mm-hmm. the
1: animated show to the live action and she's gonna get it just there's a whole bunch of stuff it's just one thing leads into another and that's just the great aspect of what they're doing with this this initial tv series
4: yes. yeah I, I mean Thrawn, th- well I just want to say about Thrawn real yep. quick I mean, Thrawn, I mean, my dad bought Heir to the Empire, the book that introduced Thrawn, like when it was first printed back in like, I think it was like 1991 or 1992. And I remember he was telling me about how great this character was, how this character was like scarier than Vader in some ways. And I tried to read the book, and I was too young to read that book at that time. Like a ten, that that it's not a book for a ten-year-old. It's just not written for a ten-year-old. <laughs> no. it, it's not it's written not. for a ten-year-old to be able to read. It's beyond a ten-year-old's reading level. So it's not that the content was bad. It's just that it's 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 an adult book in that yeah. sense it's a piece of reading level. But yeah, so Thrawn, I think, is like the most popular character that was probably ever introduced outside of the original trilogy. I think I can say that oh, maybe, yeah. maybe Ahsoka, maybe somebody else, but I Mara don't...
3: Jade. I don't know. I'd like would have liked to have seen Mara Jade. So
4: yeah, I would say yeah. Ahsoka's probably second on that um, but, but so I, I think Thrawn's always kind of been that character. So when they brought him into Revels, that was one thing. But when she said his name, and I gotta be honest, I've I just figured of course like when she's like saying, like, you know, where is he? That she's also talking about Gideon.
1: No, I was hoping she she was gonna say his name. But
4: but when she wanted it. When she said Thrawn, I and I was probably about like five thirty in the morning and I was watching it on my phone in my bed. I practically jumped out of my bed when she said thrawn. Because I was like, Oh we're gonna get we're gonna see thrawn live action.
2: Yeah. Pat doesn't jump for much, but he jumps for thrawn.
4: (laughs) So I mean I just (laughs) again, again that 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 was just a... That was just another one of just like like you know a jaw dropping moment. So if season. you, we already had, if, had two or three by this. point If you so. jump
3: for Thrawn, then what did you do at the end of episode, 10? Or episode ten or nine? I mean nine.
2: He, he ran through a door.
4: door. <laughs> DM me episode
0: eight because eight. I'm eight sorry. Eight. Yes. <laughs> Yes, well, well,
2: ju- we'll get to that. You can tell us in just in a, in a, we're almost there. We're on episode. We're talking about episode six, episode six. They fly to that planet that has the big like bubble thing that he can sit on the Jedi rock or whatever meditation rock that he can sit on. And we was see some pretty.
4: Be, what's that? Old, it, was, it was supposed to be an old temple. They said. Yeah. Yeah. Which that,
2: that episode was really cool because one, you see a really cool force power where he sits on the meditation rock or whatever they technically call it. And like, you see the big, like you can see the force emanating from him and like shooting up into the sky and shit like that. That was really cool. But the other thing that was really, really awesome in that episode is Boba Fett and the assassin come back (laughs) and they're there to help him out, which you don't know that at first, because you think they're there to try and kill him and take the child, but you find out there that he's actually there to help and because moff gideon sends a shitload of fucking troopers down to the planet to try and get him (laughs) get the child
1: and you know the troopers still can't shoot with the shit they still can't fight with the (laughs) shit like legitimately it's so horrible and you can tell it's like you you have Another new crop of different type of stormtroopers and they still do the same old oh, shit. Can't do anything.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, you, you yeah, put that stupid hilarious. ass helmet on and try and shoot somebody. I think it's the problem. They got
4: <laughs> they need bigger eye holes, they can't see. Oh my god. Yeah, they're they're, tri- they're tripping over the wall like the shock master. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean the other cool th- the other cool thing about that episode is we see Boba Fett fighting with the uh you know with the gaffey stick that you know comes mm-hmm. from Tatooine. Wayne. So, you get to see just how ineffective a weapon that is. So, that was pretty cool. He gets his armor back. Yeah, he gets his armor back. You know, so, and then of course, uh, we see the Dark Troopers in action for the first time, which again, if you're, you know, an old extended universe video game player, you already know what the Dark Troopers were and uh, what what they can do. So, that was a cool moment. And then, of course, the Dark Troopers succeed in capturing Rogu and the Razor Crest gets destroyed.
2: Yes. And we get to see Slave One again, which was really cool. I thought that was cool that they, he still had his original ship, Slave One, like it yeah, didn't get destroyed sort of, or anything like that. And he had the original Slave One ship, which was really cool. But that episode, if you guys remember my text message when I watched that episode, I was fucking pissed when that yes, episode ended. I was like, motherfuckers, stole the fucking grogu and like <laughs> motherfuckers like i fucking i was so pissed at that episode i was like this shit's not supposed to happen but it worked out yeah, you well were because upset about that man. i was
4: very upset about that
2: but it worked out because i mean how they kidnap him
4: no i mean it, it was fun to see him uh tossing the stormtroopers around inside the jail cell yes.
0: the, oh, yeah yeah
4: that was but, really cool but of mm-hmm. course you know as soon as gideon comes in he basically intimidates him down and you know, he's like, uh oh, somebody's a little tuckered out, or however the hell he said it. He said it in such a like, you know, a condescendingly evil way. You know, that it was it's just like makes you hate him all the more. So,
2: yeah, he does a really good job of playing that character. Like he does that that character. They got the right person for that character. Just like yeah, with he's, the So-Katana.
4: He, he's he's just, he's just he's just perfectly smug and hateable and just <laughs> everything. <so. laughs>
2: So that was a really cool episode, and we get to—is it episode seven where he gets the child back? Yeah. Is he able to get the child back in episode yeah. seven. Ep-
4: Ep- episode, all... f- episode seven is where they go.
2: Oh, that's right. They they go to the imperial base. That's right. They, that's they, the imperial base episode. Yeah, yeah. they
4: get they, they get Mayfield out of prison first using Caridune's connection as a yes. marshal of the New republic just so they can go onto the planet to um, access the Imperial Terminals so they can find like the codes to find Gideon's ship and everything like that. And there's a, an allusion to a movie called The Wages of Fear that was made in uh, 1953. It's about four guys who are in this uh, s- South American town it's about four guys it has has an illusion here it's like these four guys who are in this south american town who are hired by this oil company to drive uh you know huge containers of nitroglycerin over very rough uneven mountainous and jungle roads to get it to like an oil field where there's been like a huge like oil spill and oil fire so they contain the fire
0: yeah um
4: and it's you know it's obviously very dangerous, and you know, spoiler alert, not all of them make it. Uh, but of course, um, what the Imperials were doing on this planet with the stuff that they were transporting very much reminded me of that movie, when that like they're, they're transporting this stuff that's very volatile, and it's that you know they've got these like you know pirates, I guess you could say, attacking them, and like trying to like you know destroy it on them so they can't use it, which is you know actually good, but of course the problem is. They need to get on those things to in order to get into the imperial base, yeah. so they have to fight those people off. So, yeah. fans.
2: This is As much as we love our friend Darth Pat, this is one of the problems. He's watched way too many movies, no, so he's I able to tie in to shit, shit that we movies. have no idea yes. what the hell he's talking
4: about. Like, you guys what? have to not watched <laughs> enough movies. It's us that have watched
2: enough movies. That's the problem. The,
4: the, the, the movie <laughs> I'm referencing that was also remade in the late 70s, so there. Oh, remade
2: and, in the late 70s. So you probably well, watched that
1: one
4: too,
3: so seen us, both versions. Some of us watch more wrestling than movies, so <laughs> that's my reason reasoning
4: so <laughs> these days but, i just go how can you watch more wrestling than movies
2: but the cool i thought one of the funny things in that is like if you want like that interaction that bill burr and the mandalorian have um yeah. have during the whole ride and he's he's freaking out because it's getting up to like the the danger zone he's and then you see kind of how bad zone. you know he. You see the Mandalorian become a badass. He's still a badass, even though he's really doing a lot of good. He's still a badass with being able to shoot and punch. And he, you know, just crazy ass shit. We
3: see him take his mask off.
2: Yes, absolutely. Go ahead, AJ. Talk a little bit about that. Ultimate
3: sacrifice. Just a side note real quick here, Jeremy, not to change the subject, but this is important to me and you, even though it was... Forthcoming, they officially announced Mr. Manning's induction about five minutes ago oh, into the Hall of Fame. So nice, nice.
4: That, was that was awesome. Yes, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. Gonna be, I, yeah, I was I was going to mention that at the end of the episode. I mean, we'll, we, we'll, we'll, we we'll talk
3: about that more at the end. I just wanted to. Me and Jeremy both like him. A well, lot. we are
2: coming up on the two hour mark, so I don't know how much we're going to talk about that.
4: Well, <laughs> even <laughs> when it's over. We'll... Yeah, but I mean, everybody everybody knew paint was. This good. is our right. network. We have our own time limit. <laughs> <laughs> but yes,
2: we get to see the Mandalorian's face and AJ, what was your first thought when you got to see The Mandalorian's face?
3: Uh I don't I didn't really know. I, I'd be honest with you, I I didn't really know what he looked like because I hadn't really seen him
4: before. So well, well this wasn't this this wasn't this also wasn't the first time we saw his face because he did have to take his helmet off in the season one finale
2: yeah but oh, I don't I really, think they showed his face though his actual face face yeah they did yeah for a little bit oh. not yeah.
4: as, not a, not an extended period of time it, it was it was so when so. they were like holed up inside the you know like the the cantina on on Navarro when Gideon's troops were attacking with them from the outside. they basically said, I have to take your helmet off otherwise like you know you're gonna die or whatever So they had to do something to treat him mm-hmm. uh, so I mean, I knew what he looked like because I've seen Game of Thrones and Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other things that he's been in and everything. Actually, it's funny. I just saw him in an episode of law and order from like 2007. Uh, mm-hmm. the I, other I day, saw
1: that the other day. <laughs>
4: Actually, I, I kind of laughed. It was, it. Yeah. It, it was, it was kind of amazing how much younger he looked then already, <laughs> but it's like, well, that was 13 years ago now. So, you know,
2: <laughs> so we had that episode, that episode ended well, they get, you know, the coordinates and everything. And it was kind of cool because you see, um, um, the character that bill burr plays shoot that guy like <laughs> right in the chest because he's so yeah. pissed because he, has he was one of the Imperials yeah. that just was like what we're doing is fucking wrong man we are we are not on the right yeah. side of this like he was one of the ones that had the conscience um and said we're we're on the wrong side and defected um after that one battle which uh, evidently the story that we get to hear during that episode it was a pretty horrific thing like they were killing women and children and shit like that and like just doing some terrible terrible stuff which we know that's from star wars that's what the the you know the uh not the imperials i mean they call them imperials in in the mandalorian but they were you know the uh the boy i can't think of the fucking um my brain just went dead what were they in star wars the original trilogy they were the uh the empire that's what the empire was doing you know they were just terrible yeah. terrible things so
4: yeah and the uh, the guy who played his old commanding officer there uh, i can't remember the actor's name now but um he he was like the first version of the night king on game of thrones but he played joe chill and batman begins and he was also in uh doom with the rock He's been a lot of other stuff too. Those are just some things that I know that he was in that I know we've seen. So um, but yeah, the the fact that Bill Burr's character, you know, Mayfield, you know, kind of loses it, I guess, you know, because the guy's, you know, totally unapologetic about the atrocities that they committed and everything. The yeah. fact that Mayfield's just willing to just, you know, just blow him away <laughs> and, and risk it is is kind of cool. About you know, and obviously it makes for some, like, some exciting fight scenes there as they try to get away and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, the other interesting thing we were talking about, because you're talking about him taking his helmet off and everything. I I don't know if they were abundantly clear about this or not, but it's like when he takes his helmet off, it's like the the Imperial Terminal scans his face and is like, you know, okay. Now, I don't, maybe I have to go back and watch that episode again. But I really can't remember if they said that just so long as it scans a face, that's all it needs. Or if it has to recognize the face, because if it has to recognize the face and it, it goes through and everything, then that ooh, opens up some, a little bit more about you know his backstory or what he might have been doing prior to the when the series began. Did he work for the Imperials at some point? I mean, it's a li- it's a little it was such a little vague. I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't know remember. You guys, I, don't I don't know if you guys have a different opinion or not, but that's kind of the way I interpreted it. I think it was basically
1: his face had to be scanned, but you couldn't be registered as someone that were, you know, that they were looking for, or because they thought had thought he was dead, so he couldn't get him his face scanned because I think believe they thought he was dead or something like that, or so it would little- like. It would have like triggered an alert Um, or
4: just or just so long as it didn't come up as like you know like rebellion wanted person yeah Yeah, like it's like okay that's luke skywalker that's not han solo that's not that one wookiee you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think the best part of that the whole, whole episode was cool but the very end was the badass shit Mandalorian mm-hmm. pretty much tell him off Gideon, bitch, I know where you're at now and I'm coming for you.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs>
1: I'm coming for the child, and you're not gonna stop me.
0: Yeah. No, that, that just left cool.
1: the excitement for the like it just that just set up the last episode and was like, all right, what are we gonna get in this last episode? <laughs> yeah. Little did we know.
4: Little
0: did we know. It's, hey, it,
4: it, it's the promo on the go home show for WrestleMania. It's like, you know, yes. I'm taking this Sunday. I'm taking your title and we got the
3: best ending possible this time. So we WrestleMania doesn't always end the right way.
4: Yes.
2: So that does lead us to episode eight before we continue. um, Don't leave at this time. You got to stay tuned because we're almost to Mount Rushmore for the Mandalorian. All right. So, and I, and I'm going to let AJ take the wheel in just a second, but episode eight, is fucking awesome because there are so many good things that happen in it but it really comes down to the final scene yeah. of that episode which makes that episode just over the top awesome so AJ take it away tell us about that final scene I
3: mean we we were all watching I mean even you
2: I sprayed the shit out of you guys <laughs>
3: Even actually you, watched it
2: on time for you once. Really
3: watch stuff. Just so you guys know on here, the three of us were trying to plot against Jim. <laughs> <'cause> he never <laughs> watched it the first day. So we had come up with the most ridiculous thing we could come up with to say happened just to mess with them. So Pat said something about them cloning Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> said something about them cloning Jar Jar Binks. And then Jeremy's like, what are you talking about i watched it it was awesome and i'm like we were me and joe were playing along and jeremy's like you thought the episode was terrible i'm like no <laughs> i called jeremy and be like no we were playing <laughs> along with the joke so <laughs> jeremy threw a monkey wrench and everything because he actually watched the episode i'm glad he did because that that you would have seen spoilers if you hadn't watched that show by sunday like everybody that yeah. watched that show was like holy shit Holy shit! I called my brothers. I'm like, you gotta watch it now. <laughs> watch it right now. Drop whatever you're doing because we the Star Wars fans rejoiced.
4: Yeah, yeah, I remember texting my younger sister, and I'm like, you like, look, I know you and you know, my brother-in-law try to watch it at a certain time or whatever. I don't know if you're having if you're watching this with the kids or not, but I'm like, you need to watch this as soon as possible. Otherwise, there's no way you're not going to avoid the spoilers. Yes. So, so when, go ahead, AJ. When we saw away.
3: that X-wing, we all started thinking. We we all started thinking. Okay,
4: who the fuck is this gonna we, be?
3: We <laughs> we might know who this is
4: going to be. I mean, w- w- when when he was going through, I was thinking, well, it could be Ezra. I said, but I mean, I've seen the rumors. I just think it has to. be. And then as soon as you see. You know the gloved hand and the green lightsaber. You know you're just basically waiting at that point. I mean, <laughs> you know who who it's going to be. You know you're, and it you're, was, and you're you're just waiting for it to get to that point. It,
3: it was very, and yeah. I I saw somebody put put a top down, top down, you know, and up and a bottom, and it was Darth Vader at the end of row One, and Mark and Luke Skywalker at the end <laughs> of this, just tearing through people, and it was very fun watching him destroy all these dark troopers I
4: know yeah I, th- c- I, 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 I definitely think they very much did that as a guess kind of like an intentional parallel saying like yeah know, they did you know rogue one the hallway scene that's vader at the height of his powers let's now because we because we never really got to see it let's show luke at the height of his powers you know so that's that's really i think what it what it was so and, I,
2: and he cut through those those dark troopers like fucking butter it was like fucking butter <laughs> right. and, but,
4: and that's and that, that was kind of the whole point i mean again there was there was so much good about that episode like you know he gets like you know he gets the band back together as a will <laughs> because he gets he gets bo and costco he's got kara he got he's got boba fett and, and fennec and everything so they have this like you know you know whole crew of badasses really and they've like made
3: the women, they put the spotlight on the women even at one point in that where the women were kicking
4: ass. Yeah.
0: Yes, they but, were.
4: but then they show that even they are no match for the Dark Troopers because it takes him so much effort just to kill one of them. One. Yes. And it's finally because he's able to take that Beskar spear and, you know, jam it into the things like, you know, neck and- that finally fries it. And it's like, you think he would got rid of all the other ones because he ejects them from the ship, but no, these are dark troopers and they don't have to they don't have to breathe. So they can fly <laughs> they can fly. They've got little rocket boosters in their feet. So they all you know come zooming back to the goddamn ship. At, so yeah, it looks like they're, they're you know at, totally through. at one
3: point we yeah, there was a point there where I, I I really thought that we were going to see Grogu do something. Like I thought maybe we were gonna see him yeah. unleash his powers. That's what I was thinking was going to happen. I'm I'm much happier with what happened. But watch yeah, the I, time. That's the thought. Okay. Grogu's going to do some rip some shit up here, probably. And
2: my favorite Darth Trooper, Dark Trooper to die and be destroyed was the one where he crushes him. He's like, Grok. Yes. That's like the, that's the most, that's the one that I think
1: is the most relevant out of all of them that died because you don't like it's cool. He kicked all their asses and destroyed them like the whole concept mm-hmm. but like that last one that you like he just destroys with the force like the first time you ever see him you read it in books But the first time you ever see him do that in an actual on like a live tv show you don't see him do that in return of the jedi like that's actually like it's like you see and he's doing it with the glove his glove hand i think he did it with his glove hand so it's kind of like he's using some real force powers and it's like the glove resembling Darth Vader, you know, mm-hmm. you know, using the force to crush people and choke people out and destroy things. So it was like, it was really cool to, to, to see how they went about doing that. That, that was good stuff.
3: And they, they, good they writing, you know, they had to de-age Mark Hamill's face to make him look younger. They couldn't use him now. I was okay with that. I know the nitpick people were complaining about that, but
4: I, well, it was fine.
1: The CG was, the CG was, it was is what okay. It was, it, was a, it wasn't it was
4: great, right. but it was, it was, it was good enough. Yeah, it, it's certainly something that they haven't per- really perfected yet, especially when it comes to them, like you know, having mouths move with it. But it's like, like it's like it's like when their mouths start moving. That seems to be the thing that I think throws a lot of people. But when he, we first showed up, because there was rumors about Sebastian Stan maybe playing it and everything, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out, I'm like, wait a minute, is that Hamill? Is that Sebastian Stan? I was, I was the fact that it had me guessing. You know, didn't really bother me actually because I thought that actually just added to it. I mean,
3: we. We knew it was him, but it was still really cool when we saw his face. Like we all got yeah. super excited, we all nutted in our pants completely at that point, probably. So
4: <laughs> you know, his voice, his CGI face, you know. So yeah, it's yeah. fine. Yeah.
0: It was absolutely and then it, fine. And and really.
4: and then you know, when R2 shows up and he's all like excited to see the baby. Uh, that you know, was cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. It was it was funny, but at the same time it's like R2 D two sees like a miniature Yoda, you would think that R2 D Two would go running and hiding looking for cover, you know?
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> But and the other cool thing that happened at the end is who ends up with the dark saber? The Mandalorian.
4: Mandalorian so
2: and he tries to give it to Bo Katan and she's like
4: No, I I'm not can't taking take it. that shit. And then yeah, Gideon's just, you know, laughing his ass off about it. <laughs> yeah. you know, he knows. He's gotta win it from you. And now of course there's some controversy about that saying that well, that had never really been depicted as such previously and that in like Rebels, Sabine gave it to Bo-Katan, I think it was.
2: Yeah, under different circumstances, though. Because yeah, originally so- she wouldn't take it from her because... It was, uh, I have to defeat you in battle. There's, it's more to it than just giving it to somebody. Yeah. So, th- those people that are nitpicking that shit apart, e- e- relax, people, relax, okay?
4: Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, because the thing of it is, I mean, so, I mean, Grogu's going off with Luke, and God only knows if we'll ever see Grogu again. I would have to think at some point we do. Uh, he's he their, he's their
3: moneymaker. So, yeah, I feel. Like-
4: exactly. But then, so the, the, the most immediate uh thing becomes so where do they go with the series from here and it would seem very likely that it has to center around him allying himself I guess you could say with Bo-Katan in order to retake Mandalore but obviously we also know there's going to be the conflict there about the ownership of Darksaber so it's like they have to work together and it's like he doesn't want it she does but she just won't she won't just take it from him or accept it from him so you know it's going to lead to some problems and everything so it it is very interesting it it is interesting to see you know where they go with it from here obviously does that mean does does Sasha have to find more time to you know break away from WWE to be available for filming and plus we got the teaser at the end well I was getting to that Yeah but and and the thing of it is too of course moff gideon is obviously still there so they haven't while he whilst while he may be neutralized in a way and like because yeah, Dune can just easily turn him right over to the republic and everything he he, he is still he is still out there so he's not he's not just going to disappear you know he's right. still going yes. to come over the, the premises
2: yes so we do so the episode ends and you're watching the credits, and you're like, and I usually don't stick around for the credits, but all of a sudden, I was just like, yeah, well, that was really cool. I'm like, just thinking about how awesome the episode is, and all of a sudden, dun dun dun, the credits stop rolling, and we get a little sneak peek.
4: Yes, we see Jabba's palace,
2: businesses. and I was like, oh shit, Jabba's palace, and it was very eerily, it was very eerie because it was very much like how Luke entered Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. yep, And it was I, I was like, this is awesome because you see who's in charge of Jabba's palace, which was kind of funny to see who was in charge of it. I was like, this guy's a punk. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> and you see him die pretty quick. <laughs> it, it, it's Bib Fortuna plus about a hundred pounds <laughs> from uh, from when we last saw him. Was, so uh, Bib, Bib, was, Bib, <laughs>
3: Bib was working his way to turning into Jabba the Hutt. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: And now we get the spinoff of Boba Fett's series, so it'll be interesting where they go with that. So we know there's going to be quite a few spinoffs and different shows that that happen from this. So it's going to be pretty awesome. But overall, season two, another fantastic season of The Mandalorian. There was nothing that I could say about that that I, I actually think that season overall was better than the first season which is I mean, not usually. I, I
1: agree oh god by far yeah
2: yeah it doesn't usually happen like that normally seasons either stay the same or they go down just a little bit this was actually better than the first season which was really cool
4: well uh, it's what's also very uh interesting i guess you could say about it is just how well received this series has been from a critical standpoint it's like this isn't just like you know fan service for for star wars fans and everything the first season was nominated for best drama at the emmys the second season just this past week was nominated for best drama series at the golden globe awards so it's become like a you know prestige drama series already Mm -hmm. and that you know even like you know award shows that are you know generally very snooty are are, are recognizing it even if it doesn't win it's like and it it didn't win the emmy uh i would be surprised if it wins the golden globe but the golden globes are weird so they could it just got nominated first off i
0: mean yeah just mm -hmm.
4: the the simple fact that it's getting nominated when it is such a genre show you know because like sci-fi fantasy that kind of stuff yes usually is ignored by award shows whether it's the oscars the emmys whatever just the fact that it's getting nominated is really telling you something about the show's quality, and it's not—it's not just like Star Wars fans that are, are saying that it's a great show and everything. And the—the the best thing to me is that I can't say that I've ever not been entertained by the show through the first, you know, sixteen episodes. Right. You know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's consistently been entertaining. So, uh, you know, obviously some episodes haven't been as good as others, but for the most part. Mm. It's been it's been very solid. It's been it's been like I said, Jon Favreau deserves a shit ton of credit. The fact that he brought in, you know, good, good writers, good directors, obviously been a, a, a big help. The show's been cast well. So, you know, everything I think has been really good about it. And I I wanted to touch on this. We, we talked about it before about how much credit Favreau deserves. A lot of people online are basically saying, "Just let Favreau and Filoni like run Star Wars from now on," because of you know the disappointing reaction that people had to sequels and the perception that Kathleen Kennedy doesn't know what she's doing. I want to call out another Lucasfilm executive. I don't know if you guys saw this story, but after no. people were having the reaction to the the Luke scene in those in the season two finale, you know. A uh, popular thing, I guess, because we live on the internet now, is where people like posting like their reaction videos to and everything. And there were some people who were getting like emotional over seeing young Luke Skywalker again and seeing Luke Skywalker in action. And this Lucasfilm executive named Pablo Hidalgo was mm, openly yeah, yeah. was openly mm. mocking people for getting emotional over the Luke Skywalker scene.
2: And see, that's somebody who shouldn't be involved with any kind of Star Wars because they don't get it.
4: Right. It, even, even, you know, throw out all that stuff, though, too. Throw out, like, you know, you're emotionally connected to this character who debuted on film screens in 1977 and every other damn thing. You, you are somebody who works as an executive for the company that produces this show. And you are mocking the people who watch the show yep. for having an emotional reaction to the show.
2: That's what you want out of your fans. Exactly.
4: <laughs> it like, yeah, was legit making fun of doing, them, making fun of people for having an emotional attachment to the content that you're producing. You're basically saying, yeah, I know I work for the company that produces the show, but if you're reacting strongly to it, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> How the fuck does this guy have a job with this company? If It's not very is, long. Uh, I don't know if anything's happened to him, but basically it's like, if this guy is, has any kind of real power making decisions for everything, he'd really better not. And I would really hope the fact that he did it so publicly and that people are also rightly calling him out for it. Somebody higher up at Lucasfilm, or if not Lucasfilm, then at Disney, kind of goes, hmm, Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, I mean, yeah. There, there's no, there's no way this guy should be working for this company if that if he's gonna basically mock the people who watch the uh, content produced by it. So yeah, get, yes. get rid of it. Uh,
2: and there is Darth Pat's emotional response to that jackass. <laughs>
4: That's right. Yeah. You don't fuck with your fan base. God damn it! Wow, that might be the most emotion Pat showed ever.
2: <laughs> All right, so that uh, does he, bring he, us to he, the. He,
3: you weren't you weren't in my garage hey.
4: Wednesday afternoon around
2: one o'clock oh, no, I,
3: mean on the, I mean on the podcast Pat. <laughs> oh. hey
2: all right stop interrupting me god damn it <laughs>
3: I'll
4: interrupt now, you when I want
2: <laughs> this does bring us to almost the very end of our show since it is that time it is time <laughs> for Mount Rushmore so our Mount Rushmore today of course is based on the Mandalorian and with that we're going to pick our favorite character from either season one or season two it does not matter it can be from either season but I'm going to start it off with Darth Pat.
3: Yeah, well, you got to leave the rules, though. It can't be the child. Okay,
2: yes. There is a rule. There is two small rules, and that is you cannot pick Mando and you cannot pick the child. So... Uh, for everybody that's watching whenever you're watching this leave a comment who was your favorite character from the mandalorian season minus mando or the child because we know those are kind of just givens those those two characters were pretty awesome so leave a comment we'd like to know what your thoughts are as far as your favorite character from the series so i'm going to go to darth pat and darth pat all i want is the name and a quick i mean like two minute two minutes of why you believe that why you this was your favorite character because your character had a very small role, very important but very
1: getting small. getting the timer role.
2: out, bro. So <laughs> I'm this shit. So I am ready to share because I want to share the picture. When you're ready, go ahead. So I'll show the, I'll share out the, this person's picture here in just a moment. Go ahead, Darth Pat.
4: Okay, so my favorite character, and yes, he was only unfortunately in a couple episodes in season one. Was Warner Herzog's character, The Client, as he was called, mostly because it was played by Warner Herzog. And it's just kind of funny to think Warner Herzog acted in a Star Wars role. But I also because he had a couple of really great lines, like, you know, that really made him sound sinister and creepy at the same time. Like, you know, when he goes, like, you know, now I would like to see the baby. It's just (laughs) very creepy the way he says it. And it's like, at that point you're like what do they want with the kid and everything so um and it's just it's just very very funny and uh warner herzog also appeared in one of the last episodes of parks and recreation where he's like selling his house to chris pratt and audrey plaza's characters and he gives a line where he's like after 47 years of living here i've decided to move to orlando so that I can be closer to Disney world. <laughs> and then the fact that star Wars is now owned by Disney, it just kind of makes that line funnier for me in retrospect. But
0: So I just for think, sure. you, know,
4: you know, he just, uh, he has a lot of really good lines. He gets to say them, you know, in a very kind of cool, sinister, evil manner. And, uh, you know, unfortunately we didn't get to see more of him. but there we go. Yeah.
2: And you guys could see the picture that I, that I yeah. shared out, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure that worked right. All right. Uh, Let's go to AJ. Go ahead, AJ.
3: I mean, I'm just gonna everybody would be disappointed if I didn't take Sasha Banks at this point, because that's what the expectation is. So I'm gonna take <laughs> Sasha Banks. So she's my she's my favorite female wrestler of all time. So of course I'm gonna take the character she plays. There's wrestling <laughs> on Mandalorian. So
2: which I must it, say in this picture that I found, pretty awesome.
3: So Yeah, because she doesn't need hair. It was a big it was a big deal when we saw her in the trailer at the beginning of the season. It was really cause we knew we were gonna see her. We already kinda knew she was gonna be in it. So I was fine with the way they used her. <laughs> so Shit. and plus she made the tornado ddt cannon <laughs> so and she did She got to badass a couple times she got to kick yeah. people's ass so yeah, she had
2: a couple lines and i think she did well with her lines it wasn't like she was robotic or anything like that so well, i she think did she good. did very well
3: and i think we'll see her again I potentially oh
4: see i her believe again. so too i mean yeah. i mean again yeah the way they ended the season and everything it's it would be it would be very hard for her to not come back unless again there was an availability thing but you know I think they. I'm sure they'll let her film again. And, and hey, if not, she yeah. can say, hey, well. she can say, hey, I was there in that scene when Luke Skywalker came back. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: right, he's not really Star Wars can now. now. All right, I'm gonna go next, and I'll leave Theo for last because I, 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 Theo, Theo's really excited about his pick, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna let him go last. So part, for those so, who know. So I am going to pick my man, Bill Burr, who I know some people are probably like, why Bill Burr? (laughs) Well, because I really think Bill Burr's character, which was, um, (laughs) that's terrible. I can't even think of his his name. Mayfeld. Yeah, Mayfeld. They always called him Mayfeld. They never called him Miggs. But his character was just awesome. And like I alluded to this before, that it was kind of funny that they uh left him with his bostonian accent but I thought because he he had a little bit of humor to him he had a little bit of realism uh in the fact that he was an imperial you know he was a sharpshooter at one point in time um he had a conscience and he was only in two episodes just like darth patrick character two two episodes but he made such an impact because of the kind, because of the character that he was, and like I said, I like the fact that he brought some humor to it with his character, especially in the scene where they're you know driving those canisters. He was pretty pretty darn funny in that, especially his interaction with uh, the Mandalorian. He's like, "You really don't want people to see your face." He's like, "You really got to think about them helmets." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: so that that's why uh, that's why he was definitely my favorite, one of my favorite characters. All right, Theo, you're up, sir. So. My
1: first pick would have been Cardoon if the other one was not in season two. But since she was in season two, Ahsoka is my number one pick. Um, not just because Rosario Dawson played her, but just <laughs> I've, like Thrawn is for people and like Bobo Fett is for people. Ahsoka has been one of those people. And she has a huge following, too. You know, she was created for the animated show. I've just been, I liked her character um, through Clone Wars. I read her book. I thought it was it was a good book. Um, the Rebels animated show, you know, they did really good, you know, backstories and going through everything with that. And just to bring her to live action is, for a lot of fans, you know, geek out. It's, it's really cool. It's its cool to see that. I'm excited for the for the series she's going to have, because I know it's going to tie into Thrall, and that's going to bring another big thing into the star Wars live action shows mm-hmm. that people are going to geek out for. Plus, you know, some rebel stuff as I'm hoping for Ezra, Sabine, <laughs> you know, um, wherever those crazy whales are, took them. I don't know. I, I just, I'm just looking forward to some backstory and some, finalization of some of that stuff and see where they go with yeah. it i don't know maybe we might get some other jedis that they might introduce in in, in her series too you never know yeah. so it's maybe some of the
2: ones from uh the uh the, the video game that came uh fallen fallen order not fallen order for yeah fallen order a uh, fallen order yeah uh so maybe we'll get some of those who knows all right so that does that is our awesome awesome mount rushmore and i'm just going to share this out real quick (laughs) and that is our mount rushmore for this week and that is sasha banks's character as a mandalorian uh
3: uh, cosca reeves cosca reeves Reeves,
2: thank you because i'll never remember these names uh mayfield ahsoka and the client there so the we'll, that is our picture. mount rushmore pretty cool mount rushmore i mean we none really of them, do none love
4: of them lo- yeah none of them look happy so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no smiles on their faces
2: yeah. that's awesome so i'll tell you what there isn't a lot of pictures with any of those people smiling so <laughs> they're <laughs> like hey. those everybody's so serious in this damn show uh, but that is our show is it, it was awesome Uh, being able to talk about this i hope everybody that gets a chance to listen to this whenever you get a chance to listen or watch this you enjoy it just as much as we did um and i guess that leaves us to our end of our show i don't know if we'll do it go live again or if we're going to record it or what but we will be back next week for sure so until then we're
0: going to say good evening good morning good afternoon and we'll catch you on the next